Hey modelers, welcome to the Model Geeks Podcast. Here, we will be discussing anything and everything as it relates to the world of scale modeling. Before we start, we would like to thank you, the listeners, for downloading and making us part of your modeling bench session. We would also like to thank our fine sponsors, Furball Aero Design, Sprue Brothers, Tamiya USA, Detail and Scale, and Lionheart Hobbies. Now, sit back and buckle up as we dive into the world of scale modeling. Here are the geeks, Darren Cook, Scott Samo, Andrew White, Andrew Frill, and Tim Holland. Welcome, geeks. Here we are at episode 72. It is show season, folks. Show season has started. In fact, uh, if you're, as you're listening today, you're probably headed to a show. At least I hope you are. I know we are. Uh, we're headed up to Old Dominion. And, um, oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's going to be it's going to be great. We're headed down to uh, Richmond, Virginia uh, at the Richmond Raceway. And we're we're ex- uh, looking forward to having a lot of fun with it. Headed to I'm already there, man. Yeah, well, get yeah, well. We there? Oh, that's right. We're getting there. We got there last night. I got we? there last night. We're, we're already there. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So our drive is from the hotel to the show. <laughs> I'm having coffee right now and a continental that's breakfast. True. Ooh, <laughs> that's true. That's true. Real stopping and getting a honey bun or two. A honey bun. Yeah. No, I haven't done a honey bun in like three years. Oh, BS. I brought a honey bun to you. Negative. I, 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 I didn't eat it. Someone else did. Oh my God. I brought you one to PaxCon and you gave it away. You no, someone, somebody took it. You bastard. Oh, somebody, somebody came by the uh, table and walked <laughs> yeah. off. Yeah. Someone came <laughs> by and snatched. It was over by the, uh, um, raffle. raffle. I, was doing I, the bought, raffle. I bought a whole box of honey buns, man. <laughs> so you're telling me one of the guys working the raffle. I bet you it was Jeff Cook. Either that or I one bet of the Jeff Cook. <laughs> yeah, he probably did. <laughs> yes, I'm naming names. <laughs> Either that, or as one of the customers came by, and one of the, you know, one of the modelers, and oh look, a honey bun, yeah, a honey bun, and, and it doesn't give it doesn't on. have a raffle ticket on it. They, it's they, mine. No, they took one look at Frill and said, "I need that more than he does," and they yeah. took that son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. your secret sauce, man. You got to eat the honey. No, nah, man, you, you clean up the awards. Got to, yeah. got to eat the honey buns. Yeah, I, I uh, screwed up your mojo. No. Nah, yeah. I've I've transitioned over to something else now. He has a granola bar now. What? No, not a granola bar. <laughs> what, what? Bowl oatmeal. No, a breakfast burrito probably. Oh. Breakfast. Can't go that's wrong so there. much better. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's better for you. Yeah, it's not, it's not as much sugar in it. Yeah, I, I remember that honey bun, man. I I crashed off of that thing in like ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> man, it was just I ate it and I'm like, and then suddenly I'm like, man, why, why are my eyes so tired? He comes like up a- to me, holy shit, Darren, my teeth hurt. Five minutes later, it was out. <laughs> He's like, yeah. I feel like a bear got shot in the ass with a tranquilizer. <laughs> <laughs> yep, started slurring. Man, I was just. <laughs> Yeah, it, so I just got another cup of coffee and perked right back up. You know what? That's a great topic. We need to we need to tackle that sometime. Pre pre modeling habits, things that you do practice. It could be clean off your bench before you build, or it could be oh, a man. glass of milk before you get in the car, or put on the no, left don't sock do that. before the right sock. I'm lactose intolerant. Don't want to do that. That's a long drive. After no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think no. it's staying up no milk late for you, dude. No milk for you. <laughs> staying up late, gluing crap on your models. Yeah. <laughs> Ready for a damn show because you put them, you know, I'm not going to rush. And then the last few minutes before the show, you're like, God damn, I got to rush. I got to hurry up and get this damn thing done. 
That's right. And as you're about to walk, yeah, as you're about to walk, you go, ah, forms. I forgot my forms. (laughs) (laughs) And then the printer doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Never fails. Oh, well, geeks, today we have D-Ran, Nemo, Frildo, Whitey, and of course myself, El Presidente. Um, So what's going on, guys? How's things going? What are you doing? Pretty damn good, man. It's it's not super cold outside. I mean, it's I think this past weekend it was like uh, fifty nine one day, and then it was like sixty four mid. So that's not. I'll take that over. Like I'll take that. 10. That's a great yeah. winter. So it's it's. I think it's been a little bit warmer, which is nice. And uh, although like like about a month ago it was freaking cold, but hopefully it'll hold out. And it'll be spring before you know it. And model show season kicks off like we've all been talking about here in a couple weeks. So then that's good. Good times. Well, Pakistani Phil said we're going to have an early spring, so we're yeah. good to go. I'm believing it. I'm He's believing it. The weather groundhog, so I'm not going to believe him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, the weather's been nice, so I'm enjoying it. Yeah. yeah. Heck yeah. Although we're trying to get our house ready. We've got, you know, we're just like repainting, redoing, getting new carpet in, and I'm getting ready to, you know, take over the basement, turn it into my model lair, which is going to be pretty cool. But uh, so we've been busy doing that. And then I've been trying to sneak in modeling in between there. And I'm like, you know, hey, hon, what's your plan for the day? She's like, oh, I got to run to Annapolis with my mom. I'm like, oh, bummer. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, golly gee. I so wish I was going with you. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, no, and then I can get some stuff done and try to do my chores while I'm, you know, getting modeling done. What's, what's, What's your timeline like on that basement? Um, I would say, well, we're getting the new carpet put in at the end of this month and then probably another week or so to get everything kind of situated. So give me another month and it should be probably a month, month and a half. It should be completely done. 100% painted, new carpet, new desk, everything moved out. It rearranged. Yeah. M- month and a half. Good to go. All yeah. Right. Be good. Were you about to say something, Frill? No, I say I was just going to uh, still, you know, just messing around with the 3D printer, getting it dialed in. And uh, how many times are you going to dial that thing in? You keep, text, <laughs> you keep text, texting me and going, I, "I hate this shit. I hate this shit." And then you, and then you turn around and you go, "Oh man, this is awesome. I love this." And then you, you know, you're, I mean, you're worse than somebody that's uh, got some sort of an illness. You know, you're high one one minute and you're. Uh, down in the dumps the next well, going, I'm, getting, the, I'm going to throw this thing away no i never said that but but no it just takes a real you got to realize small corrections just small little yep. and when you adjust one wheel it adjusts another corner and so you got to watch it, how the print's going to see okay now i'm starting to get messed up on this corner so i gotta go adjust that one and just go around and but i'm just trying to get perfect and it's like 95 percent there and i'm just trying to trying to get it there and uh well i'm not doing that i'm finishing up the phantom which i was hoping to have done tonight but it'll be done this week be ready to go for odo ready to go for odo there you go ready to go for odo you're just throwing out the sayings on it for a monday yeah (laughs) wow (laughs) what are you laughing at whitey hey man that c47 is looking sharp thanks yeah it's coming along i should have it done by uh the audio um yeah coming along i got flat coat on it yesterday and then i was trying to clean up some uh silvering around some of the decal edges and i wound up ripping the national insignia off the top of the wing which 
all balls. Kind of pissed me off a little bit. Little negative. How'd you do that? You. Using post-it notes. Surprisingly enough, there was enough to yank yank a corner. Oh man, man, I hate it when that but happens. I had spares, though. I mean, that's one thing yeah. about never throwing away decals is you yeah. always have spares. And well, I uh, thought you, know, you used masks for your insignias. I didn't. Uh, not on this one. Oh. Um, I almost went back to that, but then, like, I was talking to Frill. He was over watching the game last night, and I was like, you know, I was going to just go with, with the mask. The reason I didn't go with the mask is just to back it on up. Frill made masks for the national insignias. And for the lettering and all that, you know, so I, I use them for the lettering and I didn't use the masks for the insignias because with the cargo door hinges, there's just too much going on there to get a, the vinyl to, to tuck down yeah. nicely. So I was like, all right, I'm not going to have consistency otherwise. So, uh, I'll just use the decals, which I did. And, um, one thing about doing decals over, an invasion stripes too is what you're going to run into is probably some black and white Bleed through you know, that showing through. So I wound up um, doubling them up with some white backing decal, which that helped uh, on the, on the fuselage size. And then, you know, did, did the wing uh, upper and lower wing. And, but the, like I said, there was a little bit of silver in and I was just trying to mask it lightly with some post-it notes and hit the edge. And that uh, just got pulled off. Um, but, Again, had another one, was able to fix it, and I actually just before showtime, I was laying flat coat back over that insignia on the wing, and I'll go back and do a little, little more touch up there, you know. But otherwise, I, I started into a little bit, bit, bit of work with the Prismacolor pencil, doing some chipping on it. Um, yeah, it's looking looking satisfactory to me i guess you know i want to dirty it up some more the underside needs to get more dirty uh so a lot of post decal paint post painting weathering to come so yeah i saw we'll that you put like some uh fuel stainage and staining and stuff like that on the wings yeah yeah looks a little... pretty cool man thanks thanks yep it's coming along the paratrooper figures on, on the other hand that that's going to be uh, you know, I definitely want to have the thing done and up there for the for the Nats. Uh, so that's going to be um, a press to get the all those figures done. Yeah, yeah. How many figures are you planning on putting with it? Well, at least twenty to get all the paratroopers, and then probably a couple wow. of ground pounders. Uh, you know, hanging up and a car, and a car. Yeah. So. That's are you doing? You're doing Ike. Standing down there, right with his uh, no, not Ike, his lady his, friend. Uh, I, I, I could do that, you know, a little yeah. bit of our you know, autistic license. But you know, Ike, there's all those famous pictures of him visiting paratroopers before they got up and boarded up, but it wasn't these guys, it wasn't it wasn't the 506th. So, the you know, do I want to be historically accurate or do I want you know, that kind of thing? I'll all have right. some guy in brass put it that way, hanging out. Wishing hey, you're, well. you're trying to. You're trying to match a specific photo, aren't you? Not a photo so much, but there's a there's some there's a nice piece of artwork out. Um, I'm gonna forget uh, the artist's right. name. So, um, but there's one photo of them all just hanging out, getting ready to board up. And I kind of want to do something something similar to that. The thing about it is, the figures are they they come with three poses, so I have to do my best to try to you know change a few of them up. Um, and a lot of the, uh, the, the, you know, this particular artwork, you know, the guys are sitting down on the ground or they're, you know, packing a, 
pack or, you know, doing, doing various things besides just standing around looking like statues. And, uh, so that's the thing. And I'm trying to, you know, think what I can do with these guys to, to vary them up some, because nobody makes paratroopers in 48 scale that are geared up and getting ready to go jump. You know, there's tons of them that are 48, so not tons, but there's plenty of them out there in 48 scale that, that are in, uh, you know, fighting, uh, poses and things like that, you know, um, but as far as guys, just, you know, the only aftermarket set I can even think of is uh, CMK models did a set with three figures that um, I came across on the uh, internet, but I can't find them anywhere. Uh, so other than that, you know, I, I got a, a ton of guys in a box that because I, I always keep all the figures from the old 48 scale model kits. And um, so between chopping them up and sawing off, various pieces of gear and equipment i can probably get a few of them you know i want a guy like climbing up the ladder into the door and that kind of thing you know so um i don't know my hope you know biggest thing is i hope i don't chop myself up pretty good with an exacto knife going at it (laughs) (laughs) Uh, are you talking about that picture that's at the vfw in the in that one that one back room i think it's that one yeah yeah, that's that is a cool picture. I was looking to see. I I thought I took a picture of it. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, but that's what I'm up to. It. All right, uh, D ran. What do you got on your bench? Oh man, F four, F four, F four, F four. What? Uh, I heard you well, got an F four. You're working on. Yeah. Well, it's same same with Frill. Frill, tell you, man, these things are. Uh, I don't know, fiddly, man. Fiddly, They're, fiddly, fiddly, man. They are that's fiddly. F four. The F stands for fiddly. Yeah, and that's that's all that damn thing is, is a bunch of fiddly bits, and it takes like years to put that crap together. Sorry, it it does, man. And you know, so it doesn't help that I got I got to decaling right, and I got you can see I got the stickers, tail, stickers. I got the tail done, and it needs a little bit of work still, but it's they laid in there pretty good. I see that you have tape on your <sighs> RDT decal. Yes, I, I think I, I know of, where you're going to go here. A lot of tape. Let me so guess: I'll, does it does it does it rhyme with schmockway? Yes, it does. Yeah. It does. It sound it rhymes with rockway too. Uh, <laughs> so I got the decals on for the walkways, and I thought it just looked like hammered ass. And yep. uh, got the tape out, and I yanked them off, and you can see now I'm painting them. <laughs> I got the wings done. I got the tail back here done. Good deal. The sides here are giving me some fits, especially where you get that one little crank to the outside on top of the intakes. Yeah, and trying to get the it's if it was just gray that's fine but you've got that black stripe that goes around and i think frill you you we had the discussion you decided to go with the decals because of that black stripe yep that's the reason why i wanted the decals and it is it's 0.6 millimeter wide and trying to get it consistent is a pain in the keister um so here's, do you know how I did it on so, whatever? I can't remember which one is my F4G or one of them. I laid down a thin strip of the size that I wanted. Yep. So I laid that down on, and I outlined the walkway. Yep. So I have the exact size laid out. And then I followed it with, I left the line down and then followed the tape and then peeled up the tape. And then yep. and there you are consistent. Yep. So I did that the first time. Uh-oh, what happened? And, and I had a problem uh, with that oh, little boy. crank to the outside. So what I did was, as I went back, I retaped it and 
I went ahead and just sprayed the black along the edge. And now I'm laying the tape over the top of it, the black. Yeah. And I'm going to come back in with my gray and, and shoot it. Now, sh- I should be able to pull the tape up and the, uh, the line be there with no problem. So Yeah, that's how I was going to do it. Because I looked yeah. originally at spraying. That's what I was going to do. I was just going to spray the black around where it had to be and yeah. then just and then just mask it but then i was like man i'm gonna sit here all day with that uh, well it's it's a it's a labor of love that's for sure that's that's it i mean that's it it's kind of like it to me believe it or not i'm just gonna sound weird but i really love masking and i love it because of the result so when you get that nice crisp line and it takes a long time to mask and most people they just don't they don't want to mess with it they're just like yeah. oh, it's just 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 put the decal down it's so much faster you're right it is it's it way is. faster and it doesn't look near as good so, no, uh, it, but, but I, now the, the, I can make it look okay. I mean, I've, I've done decals, big decals like that and had it work out fine. That's just, the color just didn't look right to me for some reason. Yeah. It looks like a sticker. Yeah, yeah. I just, I know that once I got the uh, dull coat and everything on it and got all the, the panel line wash and some post shading and things like that, it would probably blend in and would be, be okay. But the, the, the color gray just it was too blue or something there was just there was something about that color of gray that the decal color was it just didn't look right i think even for me more than like because i've tried it before i tried the walkway stickers and for me it's i don't like how they just don't conform to the panel lines as well as i'd like to do you know yeah nothing's gonna conform like paint and then you just just to yeah, I just couldn't get it. Even if you solve a set and it, even if it conforms or even if I use my little taking the exacto blade and cutting in the panel lines and poking every rivet so that it sucks down into it. It yeah. just paint just looks a little bit, just looks, well, a, looks a lot I, better. I'm glad that you did that. I'm glad that you're painting them. Cause it's going to look, it'll look, I think you'll be much happier to look really good. Yeah. I got into looking at that Hill two scheme and really a lot of the references I've got in this particular publication are of the Turkish aircraft, which is, they've got a lot of really good pictures of uh, the Turkish yeah. uh, F four E's in, in Hill two scheme. And if you look at the walkways, there's uh, a lot of the panels are the light gray, right? It's not the dark gray that the walkway would be. So I would still have to go back and mask over the top and hope I didn't rip a decal out <laughs> to try and, and get those panels the right color. And then I want to do like the uh, the fuel access covers on the Hill 2 scheme. Some airplanes, those are light gray. Yeah, it looks They're, cool and a little bit, just a little bit of different color. Yeah, yeah. Neat. yeah. So, uh, and then there's some that are pristine. Um, but you know, anyway, I mean, I can, I'll throw up this picture here just to these guys to show you, but you'll look at the walkways on that. They're just so subtle. Yeah. Uh, and so yeah. it's, I don't know. It just, uh, another thing was, is with the long decals trying to get that black stripe straight without any waves in it was also a, a pain in the keister. <laughs> so yep. anyway, it is what it is. I think it's going to be okay. I'll have it at the uh, club meeting this Thursday, uh, and y'all can ridicule me all you want, but it'll should have the walkways done. <laughs> uh, once I get past that, though, it's uh, all downhill. Uh, I got to paint some fiddles and uh, you know do some post shading and and all that jazz and final assembly. It, it should should be okay. I'm not going crazy with weathering on it because the the U.S. Uh, the Texas Air National Guard ones just were not beat to hell. If you look at any one of the pictures of this particular airframe online, they're all clean. 
so a little bit just to make it interesting and that's going to be about it so will it make odo i hope so uh but like i said in the last episode if it doesn't it doesn't uh it'll go to canada um Right, and I'll put it on the table up there. I'm just not going to get in a hurry and screw something up. So, is what it is. Model shows. Hey, I like to put stuff out and get feedback on it, but I'm going to see Rudy and hang out with you guys, and you know Frank Blanton and all of TJ and all the guys that just enjoy the weekend. So, anyway, that's it for me. So, all right, cool. How about you, Nemo? How's your uh, bench looking? Man, so uh, I'm getting real close to being to finally being done with the EA six A. Uh, it's it's man, but it's just taking like the whatever the the jammer pods are that are on the wings. Like each one of those has like thirty eight decals per pod, and it just it just sucks the little bit of the mojo out of you trying to get them all on there, and then you know also the different pylons and weapons and just stuff. So just decals have been you know, we're a chore. And then the red striping on all the gear doors is a pain because you want that to look even. And, uh, but I use the Sharpie method because it's what works. It's just as long as you put the, use the Sharpie and then hit it with Tester's dull coat and then just leave it alone. It's fine. You don't have to worry. I've had some that 10 years ago, I used the Sharpie and it still hadn't bled, but you have to hit it with the dull coat. If you don't hit it with the dull coat, it'll, it'll bleed on you. Um, or if you try to put it on like, kind of glossier paint i've noticed it'll bleed better or bleed more than if you have it like on future or some kind of gloss it'll bleed more than if you put it on like a, a matte coat so i'm putting my stuff on matte and like i said it just it's easy peasy no no worries at all but if you mess up and you got to remove a little bit of it oh my god you, you can't it just keeps coming off and off and off and, and you off. can't paint over it either and you can't paint over it either nope. so there's some little room for air, but you know, I just use a brand new red Sharpie and you just kind of have to go quick and hope that you get it right the first I, time. <laughs> I love that watered down Vallejo trick. Uh, well, that's, that's the that smarter one. way to do it. I'm it just, it works like a champ. Man. Yeah. I know Gabe, that's how he likes to do it. And he just, it's almost let the capillary action, let yeah. it run. That's the that's the right way to do it. And might have to do it once or twice to build. You it might, up. but you can if you're putting it on like a glossy surface, you can wipe it off if you don't yeah. like it. You know, yeah. so that's I agree. That's don't do the sharpie, or even yeah. with the toothpick, you could take it off once it's dry. You can. You just yeah, scrape it right off. That, but blanket. my dumbass uses the sharpie. So yeah, I tried the sharpie a few years ago, and uh, yeah. it was a it was a terrible fail. Yeah. <laughs> and and yeah, and when I say terrible, I, it was just a little off, and I ran into that. Oh, Why bad. can't I take yeah. it off? Yeah. <laughs> Why it, you know, it looks like it's gone. I it paint starts, over, it you know, and, I get everywhere. and then all of a sudden it's back Yeah, and I'm like, oh my God, what's going on? And then I yeah. read somewhere that, oh yeah, when you use, cause I think I read where some guy used a Sharpie to do appreciating. Yes. Oh you know? my goodness. <laughs> and they Please. came back like we, you know, two weeks later, it suddenly, it looked like somebody had walked in and his brother had walked in or something and marked his model. Yeah. Do not. Do not write do not panel or uh, part numbers on the outside of your panels with a red yes. sharpie pen. Ask me how I know. Yes. <laughs> There's no amount of primer on the face of the planet that will cover it. It will keep yep. coming through. I don't care how much you put 20 pounds of paint on it. It's still going to come through. So, yeah. yeah. So I, I, I don't use, uh, I don't use the Sharpie since then I, that those things don't come anywhere near my models. This is definitely a, 
you know, do as I say, don't do as I do kind of thing. <laughs> don't, don't use the Sharpie. I just, but it works well for me and it's easy. It's quick. So, um, yeah, but, um, I'm an idiot for using the Sharpie anyway. Uh, so I had to get all the, the edging done, got that. And then I had to build like just little stuff like the nose gear, the front little door with the, 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 the lights and then the, the, the little like, you know, the mirror looking low light and the, the approach lights, the green, the orange and, or the amber and the red, just little stuff like, or the, like the nav light on the nose. That's the gloss, you know, it's, it's clear red, but then it's, it's just the note, the tip of it is clear red. So you didn't got to paint the rest of the light, you know, the color of the fuselage. Oh my God, that stuff just, it just sucks the life out of you because it's so tedious. And Whitey had mentioned the, this is the worst thing in modeling, which is negative modeling. So you, you work on something, you get it done. And then you're like, Oh, you know, I'm going to just do a little bit. And then you screw it away. And then you're like, they got to clean it off and start over because you're too dumb to just go, Nope, it looks fine. It looks good. And it looks great. Leave it alone. And then I don't. And, uh, so I had to mess with that a couple of times where my, Oh, I want to make this look even better. And then I had to redo it. Um, so that's, that's a, that's an issue. And then like the gear doors or not the gear doors, the main gear. And so on the instructions, um, they're wrong. They have the gear pictured they're backwards. So the brake lines and all the tubing and the hoses should be when the aircraft is, you know, um, on the deck, the, or, you know, the, the, I guess the brake lines should be forward of the main mounts. And in the directions, they have the brake lines installed aft of the main mounts. So I, I, I really didn't think about it. So I had everything, you know, shimmed and trimmed so that the wings were level and the gear were straight. And it didn't take five minutes to do that, by the way. It took a long time to get so the wings sat level. And I used my little ruler to make sure the wing tips are measured out. And I mean, I put a lot of effort into it and I don't know what made me think I'm like getting ready to glue the gear in. And I, I was like, let me check, you know, a reference uh, picture again. Some, something's something just, just didn't, I looked and I realized that their instructions were wrong and that they have the gear. They should be they're They're backwards. So I had, to I had to do more trimming and more cutting to the gear i had to add plastic to build up one of the struts take away plastic so that the wings were oh man just you, you get the idea it's just been one freaking thing after another with this model and i am just so ready to be done with it but it looks really neat i mean I'm, i like how it looks but it's just been it's like a, a lot of hobby. work it is you know but and i'm i'm to me a to me, all the way for my next couple builds, I'm telling you. So, but the gear are on, they're drying, they're straight, they seem really solid. The canopy's done, all the clear parts are all done, ejection seats are in. All I got to do is let the, once the gears dry, then I can glue on the gear doors and um, a couple of the weapons, and then that's it. She's totally done. So, um, I started it four years ago, and so hopefully I'll have it done for ODO. Four years. Wow. Yeah. Because it, it was just, it was that much work. Like you could only work on the, the fit and the gaps and the, the fit issues, work on it for a little bit. And I'm just like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. And so I'd have to go work on something else. And then oh, I really want to finish the EA6A and then I'd pull it back out and I'd start working on it again. I'd hit some big major roadblock where 
I just, I just, I just have to put it away. And so here we are where I'm finally, um, I'm finally ready to, to be almost be done with it. So it should be finished by ODO. I knew if I could get the gear on by this past weekend, then it would, it'll be ready. Cause they'll be, they'll be nice and dry this coming weekend. I can glue everything on and boom, done. So I want to do a Star Warriors DA6A, but I'm not going to do that kit now after you know, <laughs> I have that kit in my stash, but I, you know, cat yeah. pool resin has a conversion for the hobby boss. I'd go with uh, that kit. And, and that's what I think I'm going yeah. to do. Yeah. Uh, if, if the that's time comes that I really want to build and you know, I, I want to do an old school 209 one in the, in the gray and the white scheme. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I I don't know. I don't want to mess around with a bunch of fit issues. The the old monogram kits are great, but you know the C forty seven was a good example of uh, you know how much effort to get it right, man. Yeah, and you know that thing I was showing Andy, you know Frildo yesterday, the underside fit areas, and I'm just like, you know, if I spent another month of filling and sanding, I probably would have eliminated that, you know, where you can see the the, but I'm not, you know. Life's too short, man. Yeah, it just, I mean, the thing is, is it, it just, nobody else makes an EA6A. You know, and of course, when I started building this thing, the Hobby Boss kit with the conversion didn't exist. Yeah. And and the shape and everything is pretty spot on. The panel lines, the shape, the wing, all the nose, all of that is authentic. It's captured. It looks great. That's the beautiful thing about these old monogram kits, you know? And, uh, but it's just getting past the fit and some of them are awesome. Like the F one Oh five dude, that fit on that kit was awesome. This, the prowler and the, the EA, the, the, the a six E wasn't too, too bad, but this EA six a was just, uh, the underneath and the wings were all warped and the tail was, war- uh, it was just, yeah. So, I think what they did is they messed work. with the wing, uh, molds to make the EA six, uh, proper wing, you know, probably so. I, yeah. You know, they eliminated the outboard um, dive brakes, I believe, on that yep. kit. Yep, that's and, correct. Uh, also, yep. I think the wing fold area is more beefed up. It's it's um, different, and the yeah. some of the the strakes, you know, and just the panel line. It's it's just a little bit different. So yeah, it's yeah. it's a lot. I different. wonder if you know, I wonder if them doing that is what led to like the warpage and things like that. You know, yeah, or who knows? Know. You, you know, you, you get knows? a a batch of kits that you know come out of older molds or something who knows sure you know and i and i think i was you know i've never seen one of these built i've never seen an ea6 yeah like built sitting on a table so i i was i've been pretty motivated to finish it and it's been a lot more effort but i think i'm gonna st- i'm gonna think i'm gonna definitely i think i'm gonna just do a even if it's a little 48 scale to me a kit that'll, that'll be my next one <laughs> so anyway all right i'm done sorry next <laughs> That's good. Frildo, how's that F4 coming? Well, it's coming pretty good. I uh, finished up the refueling probe. I got it painted. I just got to put it on and uh, finish the seats. I put the room before flight tag on them. And uh, I was looking around. I got a story about those, actually. I was going to kind of wait and save it till you know, what we got. But I'll go ahead and say it now. Um, so I was talking to Dirks or messaging Dirks and I was like, he asked me how the F4 was going. I was like, well, I'm doing the black and yellow ejection handles for the seat. And he's like, oh man, just get the Edward ones. And I was like, what? And so he sent me a link from the Edward site and Edward makes pre-painted ejection handles already. 
And I was like, I didn't know that. And so, of course, I go get it on Sprue Brothers and they're out of stock because, you know, they're popular. So I get on eBay. He's like, yeah, check Evil Bay. So I get on eBay and I look and I Google, you know, I put them in the search. Boom. Oh, there they are. So I get them. Don't even think about it. I just get them. A couple of days later, they come in and I open the box. And I saw there was like a yellow sticky stuck to the to the package. And I'm like, what the heck is this? And I looked and I saw it was a card. And I saw a Lionheart Hobby, one of Rudy's cards. And I was like, huh, I was looking. And there was a yellow sticky. And he's like, hey, Frildo, we haven't had farming meat yet, but I look forward to meeting you in uh, ODO later this month. And he asked me, he's like, if I was able to snag one of those AMT TIE fighters yet. And Rudy, no, I have not. I have not got one yet. So, but yeah, so I didn't even realize that I would, that I got them from Rudy's e- eBay store. So yeah, so I got those and they look really good. I mean, they're better than what I was doing because you can't get them in 48 scale. You know, you can't get the stripes thin enough. You know what I mean? You, yeah. You got them from Caltex and guess what I did night before yeah. last. You ordered some too? You damn right I did. <laughs> I went on Caltex and got myself like some too. Six of them on a, yeah. on a sprue. I think you yep. six of them. Yeah. Now, what about the? Uh, you said you had issues with the remove before flight tags as well. What What were the issues with those? No, I didn't have any issues with those. Oh, okay. I'm no, sorry. it's just the uh, the ejection handles. The oh, ejection okay. control handles. Gotcha. Those, those Edward ones are sweet, man. Yeah, they are. They're nice. They're what really are they made out of? What do they look like? Um, three D printed resin that are painted. Yep. Yeah. Colored uh, resin. I don't, know. I don't know if you'll be able to see it. Yeah. Oh, Look, but... they're sharp, dude. Oh, they are sweet. They're not flat like the metal ones that you fold yeah. in half. Yeah. You know, these are on point. Oh, those look real. Yeah, they're cool. Man, yeah. that's cheating. Nice. What what seats do they come for? Like um, just whatever. You just gotta whatever you, you know. Whatever yeah, whatever you want to put them on. Right, so they're packaged as like Martin Baker seats, or they're yeah, Martin, packaged as like type aircraft, or nope, just Martin Baker. So the that dual handle you could use on the Gru Seven for the Tomcat, or you can yep. use it for the H uh, the A Seven. You might be able to use it for the F Five. Uh, on the A Six, they're a single hoop, so you wouldn't be able to use it on that type of Gru Seven because it's a, a dual hoop handle. And he has but, uh, the ones for the Nasus seat that go between the legs. The yeah. Little handle. And uh, so the Ruby for flight tags, I'm using the uh, Babbitt models out of Turkey. They're like 3D print. They're printed they're print on both sides. You need like a decal. Yep, those right there. And uh, I use that because a lot of the pictures I see, the when it's on deck, the Ruby the for flight tag that's on the ejection seat pin for the handle usually ends up in the back of the canopy area from the wind blowing and everything and when the when you know the pilot or whoever the nfo puts it in there so i use those because they're flexible and i can like fold them up and stick them back there and uh do they i have some way. of those do they hold their the, my i only i tried playing with some of those and i found that they didn't hold their shape like you could bend them they, they're bendable i mean you could they're malleable but then when i would get it into the position that i wanted to it would like go back to no i'll have straight. to use uh some kind well, of glue decal, so I guess you could probably use salva set across them if you wanted to, but then I wonder if that would make it drape too, too much. Like, yeah, I would I probably use a little. Uh, I, I'd little probably just PVA, yeah, PVA, yeah, PVA, little, PVA glue. Yeah, that's yeah, that's what I, what I was going to do. Just put, you know, fold them up back there and just glue them in, and, and then once I do that, I got the canopies all masked and polished, and uh, so they'll go on and. 
This whole bag right here that you can see, this bag is all removable for flight tags. Man, that's like a two gallon freaking Ziploc freezer bag, dude. I got these. I got my, they're my favorites, my little PP Aero parts. Oh, man. Those are got the little. So if you guys ever need to do, you never need like the, the British, um, remove before flight tags with the little diagonals. I got a yep. whole bag full of them. So got the, the Asian ones. I think Taiwan and all those are different. Oh yeah, man. And then I got, uh, last resort. These are the Verlinden. I got like yeah. three sheets of these Verlinden dry transfers. That's what originally what I used for dry transfers is, um, and I just use an old, like a, a thick magazine paper, like a white magazine, just take some either. You can either paint it red or use a red Sharpie put the red and then boop, transfer it over. So yeah, there's, there's all kinds of different ways. Cause in, in magazine paper is great. It's just thick enough that you can bend it and it'll hold its shape. That's what I like a lot about it. Um, and of course the PP Aero parts, they're already printed. So you can just cut them up and then take a red Sharpie along the edge. So you get rid of that. Cause that's what you want to do on the remove for. It just drives me nuts when people cut out their remove before flight tags and then they leave the white edging from the paper. You just got to take a Sharpie and trace it so it doesn't yeah. look like white paper. Yeah. Yep. So that's it. And then I'm um, working on the, my P47. And that's about it. Which P47 you work on? It's the Hasegawa kit that I'm using for, that I'm doing it for the, uh, oh, for Overlord? Overlord group build. Yeah. yeah Cause I've got like 20 Hasegawa P47s in the stash and, that's a great kit, man. It is. It's great. And like I said in the last one, you know, until the Tamiya kit came out, that was the that was the one to have. Yeah. Have you uh, looked? You know, I've heard six. I'm sorry. I'm going to kind of go off on the a, mini a art one. Yeah, I've heard such well, horrible things about mini art, but I just watched a, I, a review the on. One, right? uh, oh, who was that that just did the one on YouTube? And he did a great job. He yeah, I, I was watching that one yesterday. I started watching it yesterday. Yeah, it's and good. Yeah, I think I'm gonna try. I'll probably pick one up at the ODO if I see one. It was MML or what's it? Yeah, MM models or whatever it is. Yeah, I can, oh, I can tell you right. Yeah, it, but he did a great job, and he shows you exactly where to what where to take material off and kind of what some of the little issues are. But these aren't issues I haven't seen on other kits. I mean, it's you know sometimes you got to do a little sanding and test fit and make things work. Yeah, anyway. I think they just dropped a new boxing of that as well, didn't they? Well, they have the, uh, like the beginner boxing and then the intermediate one and the intermediate one has the uh, open panels and you can display oh. the engine and the gun panels are open. Yeah. I but they both still the- have that, uh, cowling with four yes. pieces. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's MM scale models. Yeah. MM yeah. Cause I'm 19 models. minutes and 31 seconds into it. That's a good one. He did a great job. Yeah. Look so, so far he has. Yeah. But that's it for me. Cool. What I've got on my bench is uh, I I had three flying boats, float planes, et cetera, that were all racing to see which one of them was going to make ODO. And uh, I've now made a decision that I got to focus on one of them in order to get there. Otherwise, none of them will. The the PBY-6, which is the ancient Ravel kit, um, I decided to bin that. Holy cow. Um, uh, The... uh, it was just when it started to come together after priming, it was just, there was just too much to be clean up. And I just decided, you know what, I'm, I'm going to bin this. And instead, uh, I ordered the uh, Red Rue PBY 6A 
uh, conversion set that goes with the Academy PBY5A. Uh, so I got a much better base to work with instead of trying to, uh, you know, put lipstick on a pig, if you will. Um, the other one is that I'm going to, I think I'm going to bail on it is the Hasegawa SOC3 Seagull. I'd gotten everything drilled and was, it was looking pretty good, but as, uh, you know, with a little help from, uh, Joe Hegedus, I was able to have some good photographs and, uh, pull up the, um, what, where the things needed, the rigging needed to be drilled, et cetera, got all that done. And then of course I, as I'm trying to drill the, uh, rigging hole for the floats, I realized that um, the, the, there's a difference between the uh, float plane version and the land-based version that had the, uh, the fixed, wheel, fixed wheels on it. There's a leading edge fairing that goes on when they put the wheels on, and uh, they would pull it off when they put the floats on. And so as a result, it changes the shape of the nose, and, and ultimately I ended up uh, having to – the good news is the Hasegawa kit has the fairing on it. So you just have to remove it if you're going to do the float plane version. And I spent Friday scraping it off and uh, cutting it and, and sanding, got it down and and got the holes drilled. But then I realized uh, over the weekend that I've got so much more that I need to do in t- after putting some primer on it that I just need to set it aside, take my time. Otherwise, I'm going to find myself rushing in order to make ODO. And then I'm going to goon it and just uh, be upset that I screwed it up because I I've got too much invested in this aircraft I've been working on it for a year and, oh wow Tim yeah yeah, yeah it's, it's 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 sometimes when you when the when the show's coming up man you want to be all excited you want to bring your stuff and show everybody and the next thing you know you're like you're just rushing and stuff the whole negative modeling like takes over oh yeah like, no okay. kidding it's hard it, to stop sometimes. I know. And and it's it's for a group build. It's for the club's display. And it, I just want to have one seaplane, float plane, flying boat, one of the one of that in the display for Old Dominion. Um but if I tried to force getting the seagull done, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be upset because I'm gonna goon it up. Uh I mean it's got a it's got the Starfighter resin cockpit in it. Uh, I was able to get that in and get it right, and um, and I like the way it looks painted. It's got a little bit of a wash in it. Um, I like how that it, it just came out, and the rest of the aircraft. I, I've been able to do some details on it that are um, well. I mean, it's I'm really proud of the progress I've made. The last thing I want to do is um, end up throwing it in trash because I I screw something up. Cause I got rushed. Yeah. You so, were fighting that thing at this past Thursday, found him stuff yep. that you were like, Oh my goodness, this cowling needs this or yep. I forget what it was. There's a panel or something I had to go or. Yeah. Yeah. That was the, uh, like I said earlier, the fairing that's at the leading edge and it, and it has yeah, to, fairing, yeah. yeah. And, and it, well, anyway, it, it's hard to describe in words, but it's a, uh, there's a leading edge fairing, um, that goes, uh, at the wing root, um, and it, and it's almost invisible in photographs until you start comparing wheeled versus float plane variants side by side. And then it becomes very obvious that it's there. And of course, Whitey was helping me with the uh, blowups. And it's like, yeah, and it's on the SOC1 as well as the SOC4. So it, it, it carried through in all the variants. So I, I got to get that right. And, and I don't want to goon it. 
So I'm focused now on finishing my uh, uh, Italian uh, Z506. The uh, that one is is actually going to most of the work is done, and I'm uh, after a little bit of priming. I got some cleanup to do on the uh, canopy, uh, but otherwise, it, she's in the paint shop. The markings are real simple. Uh, there's it's a nice decal sheet. So I'm I'm anticipating having that for uh, hopefully for Thursday night, and if I if I make a mistake on that one at this point, I don't care because I didn't put a whole lot of work into it to begin with. It's uh, it's an old Italeri kit, and um, I uh, uh, basically threw it together and did a lot of sanding on it in order to get things to fit. And uh, it's it's going to look good enough when it goes on the table. The uh, the other two things I've got are uh, the DO-17 and the Bowfighter. They're definitely not going to make ODO at this point. If I try to get those done, I'll be I'll be eating into mo- modeling time on the uh, on the float plane. So I'll I'll plan on those for later. They'll be the next show after that. Probably uh, if I'm lucky, I'll bring them to uh, Heritage Con. But that's it for me. Hey there, model geeks. Rock Rozak from Detail and Scale here, telling you about our latest book, Colors and Markings of the A6 Intruder in U.S. Marine Corps Service by yours truly and Mike Heidemann. The book covers every Marine unit that flew the intruder, from the double eagles of VMATAW202 to the Hawks of VMAAW533. Also covered are the various tests and evaluation units that flew the A6, plus a detailed appendix on the informational markings used on these aircraft over the years. It's a fitting sequel to our prior book on the colors and markings of the A-6 intruder in U.S. Navy Attack Squadron Service. Colors and Markings of the A-6 Intruder in United States Marine Corps Service is now on sale, and you can learn more about this and all of our books at our website, www.detailandscale.com. Happy modeling from Detail and Scale, and now back to the Model Geeks podcast. All right, what's new in the modeling world, guys? Anything you've seen on the street you want to share with us? Border model, they got a uh, zero coming, and um, they're going to box it as well within the Akagi bridge and flight deck section in 135 scale. So that'd be kind of cool. That's all I got. (laughs) (laughs) That's all you got? Right, Frill? That's my big news. Well, when we mentioned the uh, trumpeter releases in the last episode, um, I got the I was looking at it a little closer, and trumpeter is also releasing four new one twenty four scale P forty sevens. They're doing two bubble tops. One's got the dorsal fin, and the other one is a P forty seven N, and they're doing a regular bubble top and a Razorback in twenty four scale. Twenty four scale. Yep, that's gonna. And be, they're also that's giant. That's going to be awesome though, man. I'll pick that a 24 scale Razorback. That would look, that would look awesome. And then they're also doing a P 51 BC in 24 scale and a Falkwolf 190 a six and a eight in 24 scale. And also releasing the 190 a six, a eight and 32nd scale. Oh man. I so want to do a 190 and 24 scale. I'll tell you what, Tim, I have an extra. FW190, I think it's an A6. It's a Hobby Boss kit, but it is in 1 18th scale. 
No, there's no way I I can do that. It is it is not a lot of pieces. It is, and and I've read the reviews on it, and they say it is like just it. The fit is like flawless. They say that there's absolutely zero fit issues. The shape is perfect. It's a minimal. It's just the. It's just like the a great canvas for for weathering and painting and having fun. So if you want one, I got one for you. I have an extra. So it is kind of big. But like you should see how big the prop is. Yeah, like, no, I can it's, imagine. It's yeah. like the size of my hand. It's I can huge. imagine. Yeah. But anyway, I, maybe I'll, I'll I'll have to think about that one, and I'll have to think about it a long time because I got one, two, three, four. I got I got half a dozen one twenty fourth scale kits now, and I haven't started any of them. I know. I'll I'll, I'll I'm I'm going to bring it to the meeting so you can see it. I'm just going to plant right, yeah. the seed just so you can yeah, look at yeah. it. I know, and it's. <laughs> I think if I was. I, you know, I I like to stick with one scale. So, oh no, that see that's not fair. You got me building one seventy second now, so I get to try to get you to build something else. So I'm it's just I'm, fair I'm, building, fair, I'm building right? touche. I'm touche. building um yeah not a whole lot, but I am building forty eight. Okay. I know there's there's a what was that other one seventy second scale kit? I've been I had my uh, there was a Spitfire kit. Um, maybe I think it was like a Mark twenty one that I was itching to build. Looked really cool. Anyway, look at you. Yeah. You're we're all enablers. Yeah, <laughs> we are. Yeah, we are. Well, I really wanted to uh, jump on a particular aircraft, but I have a feeling that uh, El Presidente is going to announce this one and is what's new in 72. So I'm not going to say anything, but uh, on this one I will I digress at the moment, but I do want to go back to mini art and I'm looking at the modeling news here and they have got an awesome set a, a wooden pallet set in 148 scale so there's a there's something for you wooden pallets w- wooden pallets <laughs> a wooden pallets of 48 scale of all things so anyway those are good for dioramas if you're doing like a uh they are in the, oh yeah world war ii and stuff they are in 40 48 scale i've not seen many 48 scale dioramas with uh armor and stuff but anyway right don't you have some 48 scale oil drums uh, I do, but they're in the back of a truck. Well, I guess they would go in the back of the truck, right? 48 and 48. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so anyhow, so uh, El Presidente, what about what's new in 72? What's new in 72? Um, well, the, uh, IBG, um, they did the, uh, um, Dora's, the F-190Ds last year and did a, f- a fantastic job pretty much. Um, the definitive 190D in 72nd now. You don't don't need to go anywhere else. Uh, well, they've announced the uh, <clears throat> excuse me the IAR 8081 series, um, which uh, I'm looking forward to because that's a kit that's been on my list of I sure want to do a nice one. And uh, I think I've got an ancient kit from somewhere that's a limited run um, that I've got in my stash only because. If nobody would ever make it, then I'd I'd build it. But if uh, IBG is going to do it, it's going to be an absolutely uh, uh, fantastic model. Uh, and and so far the CAD renders show that they're going to do at least three variants. So I think it's either an early late eighty or an early late eighty one. Um, but uh, between the the two variants, they'll do a um, essentially three different total variants. And then uh, somehow I missed the. Um, I guess back in the fall, uh, big plane kits had uh, announced they were building a 
another derivative of the 737, which is the uh, E7A wedge tail. Um, I'm not a not a big jet guy, modern jet guy, so I one didn't even know what this airplane was, but I saw um, I saw the uh, uh, pictures of it and the and a couple of announcements, and I guess they're um, they're already taking orders for it uh, for the uh, Australian Air Force as well as Turkish Air Force markings uh, in their initial release. And uh, they're actually showing not only the box art and decals, but they're showing the kit. And a, they had a, I saw a picture of a built up one. So um, those are expected to be on the street shortly, probably within the next month or two. Um, so I don't know if, uh, Darren, it wasn't the uh, the wedge tail, was it? The E7A? No, no, no. It wasn't? Cool one. The wedge tail is really an odd aircraft. and It is. Uh, yeah. I've seen the uh, South Korea flies them as well. So Australia mm-hmm. and in South Korea. And that's why I saw my first one was in South Korea. And of course, at that time I was working on the, uh, South Korean P eight program and right. we were looking at motor, uh, MRO stuff. And, and anyway, I saw the jet and it's, I mean, it's got this giant anvil on the, on the, <laughs> back, on on top, the top of it. it. It's just very strange looking airplane, but uh, yeah, no, that, it, it doesn't look like it should fly. Yeah, it does not. No, no, it doesn't. No. Uh, but the one that I was, uh, I thought that you were going to mention was the uh, Trumpeters uh, 70, uh, 72nd scale uh, A6 that's coming out. And I, I saw some uh, some shots of that on the modeling news. And, of course, mm-hmm. you know, being 72nd scale, but it's very cool looking. It's a lot of detail yep. in that little kit. Yeah, so, it's a nice uh, looking kit, man. It is. And, you know, the only other one out there that we have, I think, is uh, the Hasegawa the kit. The Hasegawa, that's right. long in the tooth, you know. So this thing the is Fu- really Fujimi looking pretty cool. Fujimi did one as well, I believe. Yeah, but that's still a Hasegawa box. Yeah, they, they're, they're still old. Well, yeah, I'm not sure, but I mean, I know even Italeri did one. And what I remember as a kid going to get that kit because the box out has them uh, with the wings folding, you know. And I'm like, oh, cool, it has the wing. And no, nope, it doesn't yep. have the wings. However, the trumpeter kit, this seventy second scale, comes with the option to fold, so it's cool. Yep, sure. I'll does. definitely be getting one of those. Yeah, that, now that you said that the the it has wing fold. Yep. Yeah, I'm excited about that one. Italeri also um, released a 72 scale A6 back in the late 90s, early 2000s that had the folded wing option as well. Yeah. That gave you to fold up. And it, I know that because the guy who I got to build the 72 scale A6 for, the Hasegawa one, he had bought that kit the first time and gave it to me to build for him because it came in VA 115 markings because he was a plane captain at VA-115. That's what he wanted were those markings. So that's why I knew about that Italieri kit because they came with, that was a kit that had the markings for a squadron. So. How, how'd the kit, you, so you've seen it. How, how does it fare? It was, it? it was fine. I mean, I started the wing folds what I was after and yeah. uh, the wing fold looked like it was fine. I, I didn't get too far into it because I have no idea what happened. I think when we moved houses, I think I lost a box of models, got tossed out somehow because this other... I'm not going to say a bad word on the ra- on the airways. What? Why change now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is it a new year? Did you make a resolution? Yeah, I mean, you know, hey, it, it, it got rid of honey buns and f words. You know, there's a, there's enough assholes <laughs> in the world. You don't need to add to it. You know. Okay. There's this All one right. guy who I cannot stand, and he dumped these damn NASCAR models off on me. That's where I told him I wasn't going to do them. It wasn't me. And I walked out to my truck one day after a flight, and there were these freaking three nascar models sitting on my car and i was like the heck is this and uh 
So I started messing around with those because I'm, I'm a nice guy, whatever. And so I was transferring. And so I packed all that stuff up. And for the life of me, I went to go unpack it. Whatever box those went into disappeared because they're, they're gone. So, so let me get this straight. You did not want to build those kits to begin with. I didn't. You were pissed off that you got them. I was. And they disappeared during a move. And you don't know why. <laughs> nope, I do not know why. Now, honestly, I, I did not do anything to them because I was, I was get these things done, get them to them because I'm trying not to be such a nice guy anymore either. And <laughs> it's so, just, well, you're doing very well. You're with great. You're doing yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. I know, right? You're, you're so. in top form. And, and it, it, <laughs> and, I know. and, and I, I got it. I, my money is on somebody with the last name of Frill. <laughs> Went and got that box and torched it. <laughs> El Chunko. And Look at all the black smoke coming off that box. Yeah, sure so I don't know. A, so I think sure, that sure you weren't a jag officer, Tim. <laughs> you know, and so now I'm thinking like, oh crap, what else is in that box? That you know, there's only I could think of is that when we unpacked, it wasn't un- unpacked and got tossed to the rest of them. So you can't handle the truth. You can't handle. You can't the handle the truth. <laughs> <clears throat> No, no, I'm just no, trying no. to have one less asshole in the world. That's all. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway. good luck with that. Anyway, the, uh, that that A6 is pretty sweet looking. It's it's really yeah. detailed looking little kit. And, uh, well, and and truth be told, I I want I want an early A6 and I want a late A6 on my shelf. Yeah. And I and I want at least one of them to have folded wings. And that's the only reason I don't have um, either an A6A or an A6E on my shelf or even in my stash. Did Wolfpack or one of those aftermarket companies, they did a wingful for the uh, Hasegawa Hornet. Did they do one for the Hasegawa A6? You all know? I'm trying to um, remember. I think it was Wolfpack, I think, did it for the, uh, they did a droop flap and wingfold for the 72nd scale Hasegawa Hornet. Yeah, I don't yeah, know if they, they did one for a... Uh, somebody did, because I remember seeing at least one model that had one on it. Um, but that, when I saw that, that was before my ability to even begin to use yeah, well, resin. I, uh, I was, I was doing basic out of the box builds, like kind of like I do now, frankly. Yeah. Well, and, I tried to on the Hornet and in, in the words of Whitey, that's, that's no way to live, man. Yeah. <laughs> life, life's too short. So hopefully the trumpeter uh, deals a lot better. Yes. Some folks are just like, they just have the knack for being able to use like the resin and scratch building stuff like you know gabe comes to mind you know gabe and whitey both those dudes they it doesn't look like it was a chunk of resin or it was it was not part of the kit and that's the thing like with gabe and whitey stuff is it looks like it came that way like it was part of the kit it was engineered that way when i try to put that stuff on it looks like i tried to put that stuff yeah chewed up bubble gum just like this guy's yes yep i'm like well that looks like crap (laughs) Yeah, trash yeah my mine looks like looks like i stuck a piece of balsa wood to a piece of plastic and just <laughs> and then didn't fare it in you know and it's like it called it good see folks we all we all have our vices i mean i tell you what i, I remember when whitey was building that uh i'm sorry whitey what's that the navy version of the b24 that you built the pb4y there you go and he was i went over to his house to look at something and he was showing me the the turret that he built with the clear part of the man, it looked like it was just came that way, just came that way, painted, put together, perfect. 
it looked like a masterpiece. And I'm just like, yeah, whatever. I never even think about that with the S three too. Oh, I know that the clear canopy on that S three. He's like, yeah, it's easy. Bombay and all that stuff. Man. Yeah, whatever. I, that's why I only put injection seats in my stuff because I can't. I, I no, nope, nope. Mm-mm. Anyway, yeah. Um, hey, I've I've actually um, I forgot about. I w- I wanted to mention something that I saw that's new. All right, Furball, Furball Jeff, um, Furball Aero Design. We all know they make like the best freaking decals out there. Um, and I, I want to push, uh, something that, uh, Jeff sent us. He's got his, uh, there's two new, uh, P47 sheets that are heading off to print this week, as well as get this folks. This is pretty exciting because this is going to be the only sheet that's out there in existence. It's a 32nd scale OA4M and A4M low vis devil dog sheet. So if you if you liked his 48 scale, um, basically that his A4 and OA4M sheet that he had, he's upscaling that uh, to 32nd scale. And that, you know, I've got several of those Hasegawa 32nd scale OA4M kits and some other Hasegawa A4M and there's some Trumpeter A4M kits out there. No decals. There's no decals in existence, but there will be. So I just want to say a shout out to, to Jeff at Furball for uh, taking care of us 30 second scale guys. And uh, hopefully you guys will like it should be out sometime. It's going to, it's going to be a while cause it's just going to print. So, but look nope. forward to that and it'll be an awesome sheet. Also that sheet has uh, at least the 48 scale devil dog sheet has a couple of low viz TA four J options on there as well. Is he tossing those in there? It did uh, that. I don't know. I think he's just doing a four M and OA four M. But that's, it's just, like I said, those Hasegawa kits, the OA4M kit is decent. I mean, it's nice. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. but man, those decals are, because that kit, that's long, OOP, HTF, UR, you know, and they're and they're expensive when you try to find them. And, and the decals are just, they're yellowed and they're just, they're not, they're not good. So I'll be, ex- I cannot wait to get even, even just an A4M, you know, Trumpeter's yeah. got the nice A4M kit. I'm and surprised no, no one's de- jumped on these. Yeah, no, well, God bless Jeff. God bless Furball for doing it. So, anyway, I'll, make, I'll, that, I'll be really excited to to get a set of those. And just like any all of his stuff, just don't wait because they sell out. And a lot of times when they sell out, it'll be years before he'll reprint, reprint something. So, don't sit on don't sit on the sheets. Just grab. You can get them from Sprue Brothers. You can get them from his website. There's a bunch of other places where you can grab. I think Hannitz has got them for those folks overseas. So, um, but yeah, good stuff coming from Furball. Hey, one of the things I uh, noticed out of Nuremberg was uh, Tallery is releasing in the F-35 Charlie in 72nd scale. So that's something that uh, uh, I've been looking forward to, one in uh, a Charlie specifically in 72nd. So I'll probably get one of those when I come across one, find one at one of the shows after they've released it, and uh, I'll see how it, how it goes together. Hey modelers, Furball Jeff here. Are you tired of boring, underperforming, or inaccurate decals that just plain suck? Not to worry, Furball Aero Design has you covered. We have an extensive lineup of ultra-high-quality aircraft decals covering U.S. military aircraft subjects from World War II to the present day. Our extensively researched decal sets are printed to the hobby industry's highest quality standard by Cartograph of Italy. 
Only Carnegraph can capture minute details with stunning fidelity. The colors on our sets are printed to match U.S. federal standard colors for maximum accuracy. Every furball set has numerous options and include lavishly illustrated detailed placement guides. Our decals have minimal carrier fill and will give the markings on your model that painted-on look. So if you're ready to take your build to the next level, check out our website at furballarrow-design.com. That's furballarrow-design.com. And now, back to the geeks. Hey, guys. What did you pick up recently? D-Ran, you bought anything? Well, I mean, I'm always buying something. Well, yeah. <laughs> did you buy something modeling related? Uh, yeah, I know. Well, it's, uh, yes, of course. Uh, and actually, I think I talked about these on the uh, the last episode. Um, my uh, Guardian Vipers Part 2, Reed Air, from Reed Air Productions. You know, we got the uh, Kinetic Delta, F-16 Delta. I jumped on these bad boys because they got this awesome San Antonio, Texas Air National Guard D model uh, that I want to do. That, yeah, it's pretty cool. cool. I saw that. Really, I like the Washington, D.C. one, too. There's just some good ones on here. I think I'm going to, I've kind of fallen into this Air National Guard kick. <laughs> there are some nice Air National Guard uh, schemes out there. There just are. I mean, you can go all the way back to the Century Series stuff, too, that has really cool Air National Guard stuff. They've always had really cool things. So, yeah, uh, there's a lot you could do with them. But in any case, those those came in. Um, I got my uh, Arado 196 Alpha, which is that Italy boxing from Tamiya. Uh, and for the listeners out there right now, if you go to Tamiya USA's website, they've got those on sale. Uh, you, you can order them right from the Tamiya USA site for like 37, 38 bucks, something like that. I can't remember. I don't have it in front of me. But I bought that specifically because of the Halbert model uh, 196B conversion that they had for that kit. And that goes from the, the two float to the single float uh, float plane for the Bravo, which is pretty cool, uh, which should be here. Hopefully soon. I was tracking that conversion set and it's sitting in New York right now coming from, I think it's uh, Halbert. Are they from Ukraine or Poland? can't remember ukraine i think yeah i think it's ukraine yeah so i'll stand by just stand by frill's got like 18 of them yeah he's got their entire catalog right he does yeah. he does yeah pretty much they, made hey, in the ukraine so yeah they just do some awesome ukraine. awesome stuff man so made in ukraine help those guys out over there right support ukrainian business but uh yeah, so those are the things that I've bought that I've I've gotten in. I haven't bought anything else. I think I talked about those in the last episode, but they're just slowly starting to trickle in. Uh, oh, the Kingfisher, the, my Kitty Hawk Kingfisher came in, mm -hmm. uh, which I'm pretty excited about. Mm -hmm. I was I was looking at it. It's not without its issues on the sprue, some pretty thick sprue gates and things like that. But uh, now that's a 35th scale, and it's got that Wasp motor. Yeah, third. Yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. I digress. Thirty second scale. I was gonna say thirty fifth. Yeah, thirty second scale. I'm thinking zero. Sorry. Let me let me let me come back on track here. We were talking about the border model thirty fifth scale. Focus. Focus. Uh, but it's got the wasp motor in it. I think I might have to reach out to our uh, 
our good friend John Calasante and see if he's got that wasp motor finished up yet. It can be a printed. God, that guy does some good stuff. He needs to start doing ejection seats. That's what I want him to start doing. Oh, my God. His oh, attention to detail. Woo. I know. I You know, you. it's funny you, br- you bring that up. I, I broke out these mini craft uh, collection Mark the H7 seats. Yeah, there's uh, that nuts. I got because I was thinking about putting those in this uh, uh, this uh, Phantom, and uh, these things are just off amazing, freaking chain, man. Yeah, best seats I've ever seen after market. They are just yep. wicked cool. So, uh, Tim, I'll bring these Thursday. We show the guys there, but they, yeah, that'll be good. They're just really, really cool. The best seats I think. Yeah, right. The best ones I've ever seen. But hey, I've got those a while back, so that's not new, but. Uh, yeah, no, that's all I've got. Some stickers and a couple kits. And, uh, now I'm saving my pennies for ODO. Uh, I'm just gonna, I think I'm probably just gonna end up buying my $40 worth of raffle tickets to see what I can fill the truck up with. <laughs> Stop yeah, that, that's always a good purchase. I, I, I never go away disappointed when I spend my $40 on raffle tickets. Yeah, they got such a good one, don't they? They do. Yeah. But, uh, no, that's it for me. Cool. What about you, uh, Nemo? You you buy anything? You know this. I normally buy like a ton of stuff. I I'd been so busy, kind of focused on the getting our our house in order and working on the EA six A. I I didn't pick up anything. Nothing. Not a a paintbrush. Not a piece. Try thing of paint. Not a kit. Nothing. Zippo. Not a. Wah, wah, yeah. Wah, wah. Nothing. Nothing. So, yeah. Not a thing. <laughs> <laughs> what What about you, Freldo? Um, I've got nothing other than those ejection seat handles. I'm saving my pennies for the uh, ODO, man. Got to support the local guys. He's All got right, a valid Wally. point. He's got a valid point. Are you saving your pennies too? All right. I can't, uh, you know, break from the streak here. No, I have not supported oh. the, the model industry in these past couple of weeks either. <laughs> Oh man, you guys are now. I, now I, I got a wedding have... to pay for, man. Come on, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's you true. got an excuse. Yeah, and I know I do for Christmas somehow, some way. I don't know, but I had on two two occasions. I bought. I I had boxes show up, and I'm like, wait a second. I already opened this box. Yeah, Did I already open I this remember box? This story, yeah. <laughs> so I bought. I guess I bought two of the new Zokimura. Um, the 32nd scale FW 190s. I, I I guess I bought two of them because I two of them showed up to the house. I don't remember buying two of them. Anyway, so I have an extra one of those. You want to sell one? Th- I do. Yeah. Let's talk. Okay. And uh, it's still in the wrapper. Okay, and, wrapper. Um, and then there's I've got another one. I did the same thing. I'm just like, why do I have two? Oh, because I bought one and I didn't realize that I bought two. Whatever. That's when you know you got too many kits when you're like, what is this? And then you're like, wait, why do I have another one? <laughs> and so anyway, I'm trying to make up for the that. So you know, this is like the first two weeks in the entire time of my existence that I didn't like buy anything for the next couple of weeks. But anyway. And he still got like four figures worth of freaking Sprue Brothers gift cards. I know I do. It's great. <laughs> God bless my mother-in-law. She's awesome. Anyway. What about you, Tim? Uh, well, earlier don't I mentioned, me, don't let me down. Oh yeah. I'm not going to, <laughs> I am saving pennies, but I had to pull the trigger on that, uh, red Roo, uh, conversion for the PBY six. Cause it's going to take a while to get here given yeah. that it's coming from Australia. 
that's but that's it. it. That's the only thing I bought. And, and I had to think long and hard for that. Wow. Uh, long and hard being about four nanoseconds. I've got the next episode. So I can see post ODO. I'm going to dedicate 45 minutes of the episode. To what'd you get at ODO? <laughs> oh yeah. No kidding. You, you could just, you could just make that the main topic. Yeah. It's coming. Uh, what'd you get at ODO? <laughs> it's coming. Yeah. Cause that's always the, oh, and it's, oh, it's such a great show. And I, and I like, per, I'll just like buying for my stash when I, when I go to that show. It's a it great, always, I mean, it's a great show cause you're driving, you know, so you got tons of room to bring back stuff and yep. it's in the vendor room. This is the, I think the largest, uh, vendor area that they've had this coming upcoming ODO. So yep. Yep. yeah. Yeah. And I've seen great. the layout there online yep. and, um, was it on? Yeah, it was on Facebook. Yeah. And it's uh, a huge number of tables. Um, yep. I couldn't believe how. It, and it's, I like the way it's laid out. It's laid out better than uh, it was, it has been in the past. All right. Shows and contests coming up. Uh, let's see. IPMS Great Plains. Uh, they asked us to mention theirs. They're hosting KC Con uh, 2024 on March 9th uh, at the KC First Church of the Nazarene. They're looking uh, to break through their 500 models uh, for from last year, which is what they had. Break it, make a new record. Um, and so hopefully if you're close enough to KC on the uh, 9th of March, you can hit that show. In Northern Virginia, the uh, IPMS Nova is going to uh, host the Model Classic. 13 April 2024, Fairfax, Virginia at the, uh, let's see, what is that? The Fairfax High School, if I remember right. And uh, the doors will open at 9 a.m. Uh, the theme this year is Road to Victory, uh, celebrating the 80th anniversary of D-Day, 6 June 1944. Got a request from uh, Ron Hogue. Hopefully I said your name right, Ron. Uh, he asked us to mention Can-Am Con 2024, presented by IPMS Champlain, Champ- no, Champlain Valley. Why do you help me out? This is up in your area. Um, Champlain Valley and Mount Mansfield Scale Modelers um, are hosting it for Saturday, April 20th, 2024, Williston National Guard Armory uh, in Williston, Vermont, uh, which is a suburb of Burlington. So that's Region 1, right, guys? Uh, The show begins at 9 a.m. and will include traditional IPMS judging, the vendor area, and demos. Uh, let's see. Also on the on April 20th, the Tulsa Modelers Forum and Tulsa Miniature Model Works are hosting the Route 66 Model Expo at the Park Church of Christ on 10600 East 96th Street in South Tulsa. And I thought only New York City had had like city streets that were numbered up in the, uh, approaching 100. Uh, they're shifting their format to a gold, silver, bronze format. Oh yeah. Good for you. Great job. <laughs> yeah. Me, baby. I'm yeah. A trend, little yeah. trend catching on. There is a trend. There is a trend. Uh, and they're, they're keeping their best of awards. Uh, the theme is going to be three ring circus. Uh, their, their unique take on the idea of a triathlon category. Uh, what they're asking is modelers to bring three models from three different categories to showcase their depth of their abilities. Oh man, Frodo, that's your favorite, isn't it? That's called a collection. That's a Don't good you, idea. Uh, you're, right there. You're a that's, that's a guy. pretty good idea. I've entered it like twice. Yeah. I don't have any Japanese anime though. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like, I, I do. I like the sound of that, man. 
Yeah. That's, that's pretty, that's a neat little idea there. Yeah. yeah. Group, group build. No. Theme, build. maybe, maybe a theme for 2025 or is, PaxCon. Uh, yeah. Oh, PaxCon. Yeah. Yeah. We might steal from them. I, I think we should. We could even, yeah. I mean, I've thought about like, you know, I think the, they'd have like the triathlon and there's collection. There's some other, like, what if, yeah, if you just did like just three different models, just, they're just three different. They, they don't well, have, they could be different scales. They can be di- just as long as you have like, I'm just super simpleton here, but a ship and a plane and a tank. Yeah. You know, or I, I love yeah, that. That's, that's your classic triathlon. Yeah. yeah. That's the classic triathlon. Yeah. yeah I love it. Yeah. Cool. Um, let's see, moving right along here, IPMS Las Vegas, best of the West, 18 May, 2024, Las Vegas, Nevada. I want to do that one someday. Yeah. I I, not, uh, it's on my list of dues too. Yeah. We've got Fia, uh, uh, model Fiesta next year. I know for a fact, I want to do commie fest next Kami year. Fest. Commie's fest. Yeah. That's uh, yep. this year, obviously with Canada and I'm still talking to Annette about Telford this year. Uh, and then, um, amps nationals, uh, my, my travel for, for shows is kind of expended, but next year I would really like to put this one on the, uh, the list. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Go see Joe and all those guys. Yep. Help be support them like they did with those packs con. Uh, yeah. That, that was, oh yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. The, yeah. The big challenge would be, do we try to haul a bunch of models? No, I'm flying. Yeah. Same here. <laughs> yeah. I'm going, if I'm going to Las Vegas, I'm yeah. fine. Yeah. We're flying. Uh, I love Joe to death, and he did a great job driving out here with this hundred yeah. plus for his collection. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, that but was I'm, amazing. But I'm carrying one, maybe two, on a Southwest Airlines direct flight from Baltimore to Las Vegas. I'm yes. done. Yeah, we'll let Same Dirk. Here. We'll let Dirks drive. Yeah. Dirk, yeah, Dirks, if you're going with us, you could drive. You yeah. can drive, and yeah. you can take the trailer that you can hauls take the trailer, all miles. Carry all of our crap. Hell, I'll let Dirks take my truck. He can yeah. pull the trailer. Around. There you go. But he's got to pay for the diesel. <laughs> a plane ticket might be cheaper yeah i know and shipping okay yeah yeah back to you tim all right all right uh let's see again best of the west 18 may 2024 i and then uh next is uh ipms usa nationals but can't forget that one all american red white and blue 17 20 july 2024 in madison wisconsin at the monona terrace convention center and the website for that is if if you don't know because yeah, and it's this the same thing every year. Um, Nats followed by the year Nats twenty twenty four www.nats2024.org, Right, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that um, one I am driving to. Yeah, same here. I'm definitely driving to that one. And then, uh, um, and and before I get off nationals, uh, I'm going to put Frill on the spot here. You got you got any updates on the uh, D Day Group Bill? No, not any more additional numbers or anything, but um, people are starting to finish up and we're starting to kind of get a head count of how many people plan on showing up so we can get a rough idea how much of a footprint we are going to need at uh, at Madison. So, you know, stand by for that. You'll get an update here pretty soon, you know, asking to get to start getting feelers for how many people are planning on showing up at the NAS this year to put their stuff on display. I would like to also put out, you know, I've talked in a couple of past episodes that I wanted to do just some display stuff uh, of my own. So uh, we'll see what the emails tend to 
say, but I would ask the listeners to email in and so we can gauge interest. If there's enough, we will open that up to a Model Geeks podcast listeners display group. Bring your kits, cars, trains, planes, whatever it is. You want to put it on the table? I'll open up my table to all Model Geeks that want to just display stuff. So bring it. We'll just do a Model Geeks podcast listener display table. Yes, Whitey. Yeah, I got another um, SIG display for Nats that was announced, um, or that I came across on Facebook, rather. Um, Silver Hobbies. Um, kind of a new company. They used to be Red Star Hobbies. Now they, they're Silver Hobbies. They are yep. um, kind of a, a, a re- pull, uh, pulling a restart. Let's call it that. But at any rate, they're sponsoring a Cold War SIG display at IPMS Nats. So, um, again, check it out on Facebook, uh, IPMS slash USA Modeling the Cold War SIG, S-I-G. And uh, just to get an idea of what they're uh, looking at to put on the table. Uh, a lot of a lot of Russian airplanes, a lot of, you know, Cold War, you know. It's pretty, pretty wide-reaching. So, if you... Interested in that genre? There's another group built for you to jump into. A lot of cool Cold War stuff out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, For a list of model shows in your neck of the woods, be sure to check out the IPMS USA website at www.ipmsusa.org slash contests. Um, Before we move on to the next segment, um, DRAN, can you tell us about 48 and 48? Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Thanks, Tim. Uh, for the last, what, three years, I guess it is now, we've joined in with uh, Malcolm and James from over at Just Making Conversation and teamed up with uh, the other local podcasts here in the States, uh, as well as Australia, uh, those guys, Dave and and all them in, uh, on, on the bench. And uh, we've, we, we, we've done this, uh, this charity build-a-thon called 48 and 48 on the model officers mess Facebook group to uh, raise money for models for heroes over in the UK. Uh, last year, we really hit it hard. I think we topped over $10,000. Was it for, uh, yeah. from the U S contingent? I uh, think that's support. the, that's the amount. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And uh, we're kicking that off again this year. Uh, and that's going to start on March 8th. We'll kick it off that Friday times to be announced please pay attention to the uh, model geeks uh, podcast uh group the model shack and also the uh the plastic posse podcast uh, uh facebook group um the posse and the geeks here are going to be co-hosting the u.s contingent this year uh it's sure to be a good time but 48 and 48 build uh build-a-thon pick yourself a 48 scale kit uh set the weekend aside join us uh we're going to be doing this, like I said, live on video through YouTube and Facebook and uh, on multiple different places on Facebook. But I'm, I'm not sure how many slots we're going to have, but we'll be able to bring people in live as well to uh, join us. And uh, then we're going to be auctioning off some really cool stuff. Uh, we've, we've got things coming from uh, our sponsors here of the show with uh, Sprue Brothers. And uh, we've got uh, AK. Uh, we've got Andy's Hobby Headquarters. We've got a couple other places here that are, are donating. Tamiya USA is going to uh, is expressed an interest as well. 
So uh, some cool prizes that we're going to auction off uh, throughout the uh, weekend. Uh, sure to be a good time. Uh, so just wanted to come put that plug out, keep an eye out for it. Uh, well, I'll be personally putting uh, updates into the Model Geeks Model Shack. And of course, Scott Gentry over at the Triple P is updating uh, their site as well. So the uh, 48 and 48 support Models for Heroes. Join us, man. It's going to be a good time. Uh, thanks, Tim. All right. Thanks, Darren. Uh, let's see. Now would be the time for mail call. Mail call. So in the mail this uh, last couple of weeks, we had a few um, writers, a uh, few listeners write in. Uh, let's see. Casey Gray, who's president of the Tulsa, Oklahoma Modelers Forum. Um, I mentioned their uh, Route 66 Model Expo, but um, yeah, they're gold, silver, bronze. Um, they're actually uh, copying our format. They're even going to use our uh, judging guide uh, that Nemo wrote. So that's a, uh, um, that's awesome. And uh, thanks a lot, Casey, for that information. And um, uh, we hope that uh, you guys have a great show. And let us know how the uh, gold, silver, bronze works there. I, I think that's cool as hell. That's moved up now from first coast up through us and then around. That's pretty and, neat, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It everybody's is. uh everybody's buying off on that. And I think it's 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 really cool to see. Yeah. Well, it, I, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry, Tim. I, I was just gonna say it certainly isn't my like, you know, that that came from I just took, you know, I there were several different because you know, do trying to do the research and the homework and when it packs on, we just wanted to build a set of rules that everybody was like, that makes sense. I like yeah, how that's right. written. And so it was, yep. a, you know, I, I put a draft together, just compiled some stuff, but then, you know, this is, it was a team effort. You know, this is, these are PaxCon rules. These aren't Scott's rules or Tim or whatever, but you know, I think, you know, Whitey, Frill, Darren, everybody, we all put our two cents in. I mean, I even pushed it out to Justin and Gabe, had them take a look at it. So it's, it's a, it's a, hopefully it's a, you know, it's a decent set of, um, guidance that, um, you know, folks were happy to give it to any, any of y'all. If you guys are thinking about doing a show and you're thinking about, wow, I, what is this whole gold, silver, bronze thing all, all about? Or I'm happy to push any of the products that we all created as a team. Cause I, I think yep. they're good. I think they're simple or easy to use and you got questions, just ask us. But yeah, I think that's pretty amazing that, that yeah. folks are wanting to use that stuff. I would like to uh, dive a little bit deeper into that and go all the way back to Gil Hodges down there at First Coast, too, because they really, I think they pioneered it as far as the uh, regional IPMS shows yep. at the Gold Silver Bronze, right? Yep, and I had talked, I mean, last year when I was down there for work, I mean, I spent probably an hour or so talking super detailed, how did he do it, how did they do yeah. it? And Gil, again, uh, you know, my hats off and thank you to, to Gil for sending me their um, the draft of the the rules that they have or guidance, whatever you want to call it, for how JaxCon does it. And that's what I use kind of the basis to start the thought process and thinking about how do we how do we want to word stuff and how do we want to do stuff. So yeah, but that was sort of the that was the 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 first draft was due to Gil, and so yeah. thank you. That was good stuff. Yeah, it was awesome. And then it was Frill, great. Frill, you just showed us. I think the next big, big piece of the uh, yep. the deal was feedback. Right? Tell tell the listeners what you're holding up there. Well, what we did was to you know provide you know a little bit of feedback to you know modelers that put their stuff out there was um they're called judges notes, and on it was just you know a couple different categories like seams, alignment, glue, clear parts, paint slash finish, and decals. 
So that way, the judges, if they saw something wrong, they could like you know check off what they what they saw wrong with it, and it would put it underneath the form. So that way, yeah, on the back on the back side, because yeah. it it was a uh, post-it note. Yeah, it's the right. Uh, yeah, yeah, custom-made post-it note in uh, international orange. Yep. Uh, because it is PaxCon. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I think about the whole thing there is just it was a, a it was, you know, all of us coming together is yeah. thinking outside the box and how to do things different. I think it's just really cool. Well, and yeah. I, I think we all got together and we're like, okay, how it's our show. So how do we want, how do we want to run it? And, yeah. you know, it was, everybody had input. Everybody had an idea. And, you know, I think, most of the time when somebody was like, Hey, I, I think this is kind of neat. I think we should do X and we're like, cool, do it. And then here we are, you know, <laughs> and we had a good show. So it was great. Yeah. Cause it was all, it was all about enabling what we thought was the ideal show, right. Uh, as a group. And as we, as we were identifying things and, and I remember, I remember, you know, sitting over, you know, cause it was always on a Tuesday and we were having tacos and, um, you know, basically over the tacos talking about, okay, what if we did this? And we'd go back and forth with, man, a couple of times it'd be, man, that's a crazy idea. There's no way we can make that happen. Well, why not? And, yeah. uh, by the time we'd get through, we'd talk ourselves into something and we'd say, yeah, let's do that. Let's, let's see if we can do it. If we can make it happen, let's make it happen. And then we, you know, being program managers, uh, we would then, uh, we would then back the calendar up and go, well, okay, we have to have a go, no go, go date. When is it going to be? And we'd say, if we don't have it figured out by this date, we're not going to do it. And we pretty much hit everything we were looking to do. Uh, there was a couple of things that were just in the way too hard category and we threw them out, but, um, maybe for 2025, we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah. It's going to, 2025 is going to be. I guess we're, yeah, little shameless plug for PaxCon 2025. <laughs> but it, yeah, the opportunity, <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be awesome. It's it'll be fun. Yeah, be a good time. Well, yeah. one one last thing I just want to say, and I think it's great, and I know this could be a topic all its own, but you know, to Casey down there in the uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma Modelers Forum, they good job, great for thinking outside the box, and mm -hmm. for all the rest of the uh, coordinators out there that are looking at shows. Don't be afraid to take a chance, man. If yeah. you've got something you think is going to make your show better, just do it, man. What's the worst that could happen? The worst that could happen is it didn't work. Right. Right. It, so that's a note. Yep. It's it, not the end of the world, man. Yeah. It, but, uh, you know, just don't be afraid to take the chance. So, and that's it. That's all I got. No, that's good. That's good. Also got a note from uh, Craig Balmer. Uh, and separately, I got a note from uh, Bob, I'm, I'm going to pronounce his name wrong, Nowoski uh, at uh, IPMS Baltimore. I think that's right, though, Tim. I think that's, yeah. I think that's right. Yeah. It, it, they wanted to, each of them wanted to pass on that uh, Wes Stochnik had passed away suddenly just before Thanksgiving. And uh, he was the head judge at uh, MarauderCon, which we always go to MarauderCon. They're a, kind of a sister uh, club that... They do the uh, even years. We do the odd years. And um, uh, anyway, he, Wes was a an enthusiastic Japanese aircraft modeler. And what uh, Craig wanted to share was that um, his listening to the podcast uh, has really been um, helping him through uh, the passing of Wes. 
and his lack of mojo, but um, uh, as well as all the negativity that's out there. So it's uh, it's one of those things where um, it, it's nice to hear from Greg that um, the show is actually, you know, making his life better. And uh, frankly, that's uh, we like doing the show. And, and if it's going to help somebody, uh, a modeler in any way, shape or form, we're absolutely uh, here for it. Amen. Craig's a Craig's a great guy too. I'll never forget yeah. that oh, showing up to one of oh god it was just uh, what about four months five months before PaxCon show up at the club meeting and, and there's Craig sitting there at the table. Yeah, remember that high tide games? There's comes yeah. all the way down from <laughs> what the hell's he doing here? Oh, like hey Craig, <laughs> man, good to see you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, super dude. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, go ahead. Sorry, Tim. Yeah, I you know we had I think uh, I uh, Bob had reached out to myself and Frill. And uh, we're going to help out with the judging. So happy to help out with Marauder Con. So it'll be, we'll put more details out as we get closer. But yeah, happy to happy to help those guys out because um, they helped us during PAX Con. So, mm-hmm. and you know, it was, I, I didn't know Wes, but it's just always, you hate to hear about stuff like that. So of course, our um, sincerest uh, sympathies go out to the club and to the friends and family. And uh, it's always, you always hate to, to lose a, a brother from the modeling world. But uh, hopefully we'll have a good show and uh, certainly there to support them. And, uh, yeah, look, look, looking forward to it. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Our next email was from uh, John Willingham. Uh, he wanted to share, and this is going to be you for you, uh, um, Scott. Uh, he said, Uncle Night Shift likes to add Tamiya X-22 gloss clear to his Tamiya flat paints to give them a more saturated and darker color. Uh, he's going to try it. And uh, he wanted to share it with you because uh, it might help you to color shift with your decals. Um, so thought I'd share that with you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, like I said, I think um, it's 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 definitely like you know on the EA six A and the the one hundred nine that I did using um, the GX one hundred. I think that's the gloss that I that I used and on the well, at least I know I used that on the one hundred nine on the um, EA six A. I just used to me or whatever, but not going to. That, that didn't I didn't have a, a a result that I liked from that, so especially on the tail. But um yeah, the bottom line is no color shift issues. Using a gloss coat, go figure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yep. yeah, I don't I don't think I'll I like to spray my stuff dead flat because I like the way the paint behaves, but you know, for to each his own, you know, if that's what works for you, absolutely. But uh, yeah, I'm a dead flat kind of sprayer because I found with the gloss coats with the the uh, paint that's a little bit glossy. It tends to be, uh, Justin and I have come up with the word slippery to describe it. It just, the paint tends to slide ever so slightly on the surface when I'm spraying gloss. So, and I don't like that. I want that, that paint to stay exactly where I ask it to stay. And so Matt to me, that that's what does it. But no, I mean, I think Admiral, you know, night shift, that dude knows what he's doing. So I'm not saying it's wrong. I just, man, I'm an old fart and I, I spray a certain way and that's it. All right. Yeah, and John also had a uh, model shop shout out. Uh, the model box in Birmingham, Alabama. To me, kits and paints, books, RC, Gundams, and some rare Bandai, Bandai kits. So if you're in the Birmingham, Alabama area, look up the model box. Thank you for all writing in or dropping us a line on the uh, Facebook page. If you have a question, show suggestion, or just want to say you're, try- you're tuning in, uh, feel free to drop us a line. Uh, or you can message us at, uh, and uh, either way, it's at contact at modelgeekspodcast.com. 
uh, or you can post on our Facebook page with a specific uh, comment or question. So now we can start our main topic. Tonight we're going to talk about Back to the Future. And I am not going to make this about gloss coats or wax products or uh, anything that's associated with uh, something that you would stick um, uh, in a bucket. On your floor, right? Yeah. This is not for on your floor. You can't because future's old news. Now we have Quick Shine, (laughs) the new floor (laughs) polish. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Look at him. He's here with two <laughs> bottles, not just one, two bottles. Uh, it, it does, that's old it, news, man. I used to spray that stuff on <laughs> yeah. on uh, on my models when that was what was available. But now they've got so many good products out there. Why would you use? Yeah, you know, I think it's I still like to dip canopies in it if I need yeah. to, if I can't get, you know, the scratches out. But other than that, it's good Same for here. floors. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's a there's a place. For there's a place. It, and there's but it's not. The gloss coat your kit. Probably Sorry. not. Prob- no. Probably yeah, not. Probably not anymore. It's there's too so. many good. Unless you're really on a budget. Yeah. 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 If somebody came to me and said, "Hey, I I can't get uh, GX100, or I can't yeah. get, um, you know, so you name the the clears," which I, I got to admit, sometimes they're difficult to find. I uh, I have to go to some places and online and and find them, and I'm not always lucky. When I do, I buy four or five. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But anyway, the uh, as Darren said, on a budget, uh, if that's all you can get, absolutely. I'm not going to tell you not to use it. But and we said it this is not you, about floor polish, though. It's not. I don't know how I and got we're down, going this down that rabbit hole. Yeah. That's because somebody, Darren, held up the damn bottles <laughs> <laughs> and got me going. Anyway, yeah. This So this is not a discussion about gloss coats. All right. Um, Frill, but, frills like, God, guys, please. Yeah. <laughs> Will you guys quit? Move on. Move on. You know, <laughs> just real quick before we move on. I think we've mentioned this before, but one thing, like sometimes folks struggle with getting a good uh, tint on a clear canopy, but you can tint future yes. with inks or some other, yes, I can. think ink food is the coloring. best, or food coloring. And it, it, it'll it dip the canopy in it, and it really will produce a nice, real pretty, especially like that gold kind of tone mm-hmm. on a like an EA6B, the Prowler. Yep. Dip those canopies. Oh, it just looks, has that nice kind of gold, weird, iridescent kind of finish. So, And it does take all the hair hairline scratches, all the it microscopic does. scratches. It does. That makes it very clear. It, it so will do that. I will say. Sorry, I just wanted to it is, it is good plug for, for dipping the canopy. Hey, Justin, go get your canopies dipped. Yeah, <laughs> That's right. All right. Dip them all. Justin, okay. Dip them all. all right. So, so now that we're finished talking about future and we're not that, supposed to be on a show that we're not going to talk about future on, are we done? Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. I'm glad. I'm sorry. <laughs> all, right, all right. All right. Just making sure. Uh, so what I wanted to talk about, um, in, in this episode was, uh, you know, what kid or subject would you like to revisit from your past? And, and the reason that, that I got this idea was I was fighting with that Ravel uh, PBY that I had built back in the late sixties. I was probably eight or nine years old when I built it. And I, you know, as a nostalgia build, I was like, you know, I'd like to build this again. And, um, you know, Jeff cook pulls one out of his stash, which is not a small stash, but of course he has one. And he goes, you know, Hey, it's probably had four. Yeah. Well, he, you know, he said, Hey, I'll never build this one. So he said, if you want to build it, you know, go for it. He's not going to build 99% of what he's got. Are you kidding <laughs> yeah. me? If he built 1%, he'd still be building a huge stash. (laughs) 
So, yeah. So anyway, as I'm trying to, it got me thinking about it, you know, what are the kits? Cause there's a bunch, you know, right. In my case, I've got a, I've got the old ancient, same kind of age as this PBY. I've got an old uh, Ravel PB, uh, B24 that uh, I built as a kit. Uh, again, nine, 10 years old, hanging from the ceiling kind of thing. Um, I'm never going to build a kit again because I, I know how bad it is, even though I've seen some builds where the guys have made done some really nice work for it because I've got the I've got an academy and now the Airfix kit is a much nicer option in 70 second scale. So I certainly wouldn't revisit those, but uh, I just wanted to throw this out there and and uh, you know is there something uh, that's you know you've thought about a lot and said hey I want to build this thing again for whatever reason, whether it's the same kit in different markings or a different scale, or you want to do the same actual kit, but use the skills you've got now that it's, uh, I don't know, one month or, uh, or one decade later. Um, and you can, you can do something different with it. And, uh, um, anyway, just kind of throw that out there. I know, I know Darren had something that he was, yeah, it was, he wanted it was to. everything built uh, or manufactured prior to 2005. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> everything, <laughs> everything. Uh, so, I mean, I don't know, maybe I kind of misread. I was, I was thinking of things, maybe uh, older kits that I'd built uh, in my youth um, that I would like to see, I don't know, maybe uh, retooled and re relaunched. Yeah. That- uh, you know, uh, that fits, you know, Scott and I were talking a little bit earlier about the, uh, 32nd scale, a four, mm-hmm. uh, by Hasegawa, which I think is, is, a, is a really good, I got a couple of them up here on my shelf and I think are great kits, but with the old raised panel lines doing something, um, retooling and, and making a little bit more accurate in the, uh, the molds, uh, if you would, with panel lines, et cetera, even, even going back to their, they're not repopping or remolding the, uh, retooling the, uh, 48 scale A4s, which are great kits, but there's issues. And, you know, Gabe, God bless him has come up with some fixes for some of those issues in that kit. And, um, I think the panel lines and things could be made a little bit crisper. Uh, the, the kit could be made a little bit nicer. Uh, how, I mean, you're, you're, you're improving on something that's pretty damn close to being perfect already, but uh, I, the, anything could be made better. Um, things like that. I mean, Kitty Hawk was starting to do something like they did the uh, voodoo. Mm-hmm. They took the old voodoo and they, they had redone it. And from what I've seen, the, well, let's just face it, their surface detail in their kits was just amazing. All of them. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you, Darren. Like the fit yeah. may be really, yeah. you know, it's not, not good, but their surface detail was, was very crisp. Yeah, absolutely. Really yeah. nice. Their surface detail was just uh, was on par, and you're right. It was uh, it was more of a quality assurance, or a, you know, I think they yeah. just tried to do too much too quick. Well, you'd basically. have like fuselages that right. had like eight pieces right. for one side. Yeah, a little you over know, engineering. That, that's just not fun. That's yeah. mojo. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, that begs the question: Why the hell would you do that? Why the hell would you make it eight pieces? Know. I, I, unless you're trying to make it fit into a smaller box. Yeah. Well, we, you know what? We came up with that too, with the mini art kit and the, or the new mini art P47. We were talking earlier about the cowling on, on that, making yeah. that into four pieces that attach to a ring. 
and on the beginner kit, let's 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 think about that for a second. It's a beginner kit. They call it a beginner kit. Right. And you're going to do that in preparation for an advanced kit. Um, I can see it in the advanced kit. You want to open it up. You want to see yeah. that ring that it attaches, all the uh, Zeus fasteners attached to, et cetera, mm-hmm. uh, et cetera, and show that detail. But you don't necessarily need that on what you're calling a beginner kit. No, um, not at all. I mean, uh, I, I can remember as a beginner trying to build a, you know, a multi-piece cowling and it just having fingerprints all over it and nothing fit and yeah. me throwing it in the trash. Oh yeah. 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 So I think my, what I'm trying to say here is I think there's going back to the Kitty Hawk uh, deal. I think there is a place for some over-engineering on some more of the advanced kits. I, I can see it, but if you're trying to reach, you know, the 80% modeler out there, 80% of the modelers, 90% of the modelers that are out there that just want to build a good model. It's not needed. Um, so, but and different topic for a different day. Um, there's a ton of kits out there that I think I would like to see uh, redone. To, is there one, is there one though, Darren, that you like, you think about a kit that you've already, that you built you know, probably when you were younger, shit, it could even be like when you're a teenager or something. Is there a kit that you built that just one that if you had the, you could hit redo and you could go redo it, which one, which one would it be? The Hasegawa F-104, which is a really really cool kit. Uh, Yeah. Well, I mean, let's face it. There's some, the spine seam, there's some issues up there that I think I could do a lot better with that running right down the middle of the spine because you have all that surface detail going across the top of it. Um, I do have the kinetic kit, which I've heard is really, really cool. Uh, I wouldn't mind building that one at some point, but I think if there was one I was going to revisit, that would probably be the one. There's a perfect amount of paint versus bare metal with it too, kind of like the F4. Right. You know, so you get a little bit of all techniques, which I think I've gotten better over the last, you know, four, five, six years, I think it'd do a little bit more justice. So I would like to maybe revisit that at some point. Cool. Uh, Those would be mine, Tim. Yeah. Cool. Nemo, I know you've got, your mind's cranking, I can tell. Oh man. Yeah. I'm just like trying to think back to all the kits that I've built and which, which ones would I want to hit a redo button on? And, And I do have two and I, I definitely, I def, I did, I had three, <laughs> and I and I and I did one of them, which was the SU twenty seven. So I had built the Academy. Oh SU- boy, we're going back to Kitty. Yeah, I, I built the the uh, just real quick, but I because it was that was one of them. Is that you know I had the Academy SU twenty seven that I built back in the early nineties, I think, and at the time that was like a, it was just a neat kit, you know, um, and so I like scratch built the cockpit and. You know, it had a beautiful paint job and, you know, it was just, I was very proud of it. And after, I don't know how many moves, it just, this was my first colonized model. So it, it, again, this, this model had gone to shows and it had won some awards and, you know, it was, it was a, it was a cool SU-27 and, um, <laughs> I was trying to fix the slat, it was like broken off and it kept like. Bink, you would like I glue it and I'd hold it and then bink, it'd pop off and then uh, I put a little more glue and I'd hold it, doink, bop back off and it did it like for like an hour. I'm messing with this thing, and so I did. It just popped off one 
one too many times and I grabbed it and I chunked it against the wall. And I was like, yeah, that feels really good. Oh my goodness. What did I just do? And, uh, so I felt horrible. And so I read, that's why, why I was really, when Allison bought that, you know, SU 27 for me, um, I really wanted to have another SU 27 sitting in the case. So I was happy to, to build another one. Will I build another Kitty Hawk SU 27? No, <laughs> no, I'll, I'll do the great wall hobby or Academy. Or I'm sorry. The, um, a hobby boss kit, either one of those, you know, um, before I ever do the Kitty Hawk kit again. So that was one of them that I already did. And I was really happy that I did it, even though, um, you know, it took forever to build, but, um, yeah, it was, I'm still happy to have that Kitty Hawk kit in my, in my case. I, I love looking at it. It's, so I'm very proud that's, of that kit. That's another great example of one that's, uh, a, a great mixture of paint and bare metal. Yeah. It looks pretty neat with the engines and the, the paint job and, and man, the panel lines were just, you know, once I finally got through the building stage and could slap some paint on it and put a wash on it, I'm like, wow, yeah. you know, they really, I mean, it looked, I think it looked pretty neat. I've got the Kitty Hawk SU 34 and uh, the full back. That's and that's one that I really check the axles for, for that reason, you know, and I love that eggplant paint over yeah. the, the light blue, just cool looking. Um, anyway. <laughs> yeah, man, that's check the main struts, see if they have the axles. Oh, you know what? I need. Yeah, you're right. I need to do that. It's got axles. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Some of them don't. <laughs> um, yeah. So and there were two, and I'll go through these real quick because uh, you know I could sit here and talk all night. But one of them was the Hasegawa 30 second scale, that limited edition OA4M. I built that when I was younger, and I built it in like two weeks, and uh, I sold it in college. And I have always hated that I sold it. And now that uh, our buddy, you know, Jeff over at Furball is doing a 30 second scale OA4M sheet, I'm going to have to, I'm going to crank one of those out. I'm going to, I'm going to, I might start working on it soon um, so that I can, it can be ready for paint, ready for decals. Cause I, I've always wanted to redo that one. And then the other one I, I built um, this, the Academy 48 scale F111F. And I used the Paragon flaps and slats and I used the Verlinden set. And I mean, I put, it took me like a couple years again of solid work, not kind of like, oh, I'm going to shelve it, but like working on it to get the plastic cut and have the flaps and slats. But, you know, I mean, this was back when I was in my early twenties and I didn't have the skills that I have now. So if I could, if I could redo, you know, any of them, it'd be that Academy F111F, you know, because I just think that that's just one of the coolest looking desert storm birds out there with all the gbus underneath the wings and i just think it's i just think it's especially with a camo pattern so i'll i'll end up building both of those just i don't know when <laughs> so anyway those are my two the that I, if i could redo two kits that i did those are them cool what about you frill well i don't have just one that i would like to redo and uh, anybody that knows me knows the fondness in my heart that I have for those old uh, monogram 48 scale World War II planes, like the P-47, the T-6, the Spitfire, the Corsair, the Hell Diver, that whole series. I remember building all of those as a kid and building them in like two hours, I think, decals included, you know, boom. And then, you know, knowing what I know now, I've, I've done a couple, like at the P-39 Air Cobra, I've done that one. The P-47, I've redone. And uh, 
I've over the years I've been collecting them, and I like I like the box art, and I also want to, you know, my skills have improved some now, so I want to redo all of those and build those with what what I can do now. So those would I think those would be mine because they were just they fit good. I mean, the shape was good, fit was good. There wasn't a lot of parts to them, and they looked nice when they were. If, you know, if you did a good job on them, they look pretty good. Yeah, they so do. that's mine. Cool. You know, that's a, that's, that's, I want to go back. You talk about those old monogram kits. So I think I will go back. I remember the first one I did was a 48 scale monogram uh, P51. And I've got that original boxing up here, the B, which is just a great kit, right? Yeah, but it, it had is, all the raised it? detail. Mm-hmm. But the fit on that thing was just, outstanding and i know there have been a lot of iterations of the the p51 a lot of companies that have have gone and redone those but uh there's just something nostalgic about building that old p51b from monogram and that's uh I'm, I'm i'm right there with frill though i think those kits and we talked to spencer Poller about those right the old mm-hmm. boxes of the monogram he talks about how over in the UK, it's all Airfix, Airfix, and he's fascinated about how in the States, it's all monogram, monogram in, the, in that 48, 70-second scale range back when we were kids. Frill, uh, real, real nail on head, buddy. That's You're, yeah. you're on there. Those monogram kits were awesome. Those Airfix yeah. kits were not. No, you're right. They, <laughs> I mean, the box art. How can you not like that box art, you know? Yeah, that's yeah. like oh, yeah. classic. I remember seeing as a kid, like back in Florida, you know, we'd had these department stores called TG&Y. Oh, TG&Y. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. We used to have those and they would always have a stack of these dang monogram kits, man. I remember going in there and just yeah, looking at them and you know, the old dime stores, man. They have, yeah. 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 Oh, ben Franklin, those are, yeah. Even that, I, I built that, um, the old monogram Razorback P47. That was my 48 hour build. You know, and, and I almost, I did it in 70. I couldn't do it in 48, but I did it in 72, yeah. you know, it's a great kit. Yeah. Is that it for all? Yeah, that's it. And then, you know, I got on too, because my next, uh, I might redo the picture frames that I have in the, in the man cave of the monogram box art. So I have, uh, I think I have two of them in there. I may move them to three. So I'm going to redo the frames with three of them. Cause now I've got more. I want to put the box arts in there to, right. No, you won't. That. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> I got the, the the mats are in the monogram colors, the red, white, and blue. You know, yeah. I took the, a box up there and I went to the uh, the mats up up at um, Hobby Lobby, and I sat there, went through them all, so I found the right the right shades to use for them. So, yeah, no, I love those things, I and mean, I'm going to steal that idea once I uh, decide to uh, pull the trigger on my basement. I'm going to absolutely do that. I think it's cool. I've pulled a Scott. I start collecting all my old boxes back here on the shelf, so I can start framing stuff when I get finished. Yeah, my, I, I've got one that I, that I'm gonna as soon as I get the basement all done. I've got my first box art that that I'm gonna frame is the um, the old the Hasegawa 48 scale F4G with the Euro scheme on there. Um, yeah, that's that's going in a frame because that's I love that. I can't remember the artist that does most of the Hasegawa box art. I was just fascinated with that. That's that's really where my love for aviation art prints started from was the old, all those old Hasegawa um, 
prints by that famous Japanese artist that I can't, I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name, but I think everybody knows who I'm talking about. And uh, they're just unbelievable. That's why I would save all the boxes. Now, thanks to you guys, I've thrown them all out, except for one, really, for Justin. Yes, that's it, bro. So that's, to me, that's just classic, man. That is just, uh, yeah, that's just classic Hasegawa. That's well, the, that's, that's my paint mule. Yeah, man, that's that's good stuff right there. It's going in a frame. Yeah, those are nice. Another one is, was it, uh, what was the? Uh... SK... It's S is his first name, and then it's like K. Yeah, Kaioki or Shigego, Shigego, Kaioki or whatever. I, you know, I but butchering it. Sorry, but his stuff is just unbelievable. Well, there was a boxing of uh, Cunningham's jet too. It was, uh, yeah, yeah, Showtime one, uh, where it shows it down in the mix seven. Yeah, that's yeah. another Showtime cool. hundred. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, yeah that's another cool one. Yeah, it is. Man, I'm getting all nostalgic now. Oh, yeah. Well, that's the whole point, right? What about you, Whitey? All of them. <clears throat> um, I'm kind of in the middle of a nostalgia build right now with the C-47. I built one of those, you know, right when, back when it first came out. Uh, I think I was reading a, a book at the time about D-Day or something like that. So I was like, oh, okay, cool. Motivation. Um, and it used to hang in my TV room back at the house and it probably looked like hammered dog crap, but whatever. Um, so, you know, that was kind of the part of the motivation to get rolling on that thing. Um, but, uh, as far as a kit, I, I'd like to revisit is, um, kind of unusual choice, but the, uh, F3D sky Knight by check model, which is a heck of a not fun kit to build, but I, I want to do another hmm. one just to, um, I don't know. It was a challenge to build. Um, I, I want to do the EA 10 version or the, is that what that was? E, EF 10. They like EF 10 yeah. from, uh, Vietnam and, uh, Vietnam. you know, so that, that's a, you know, that, that's the motivation anyways, because I like some of those schemes that they put on them, uh, in that very variant. But then, you know, it was just, it, it, again, it was a challenge to build. Um, so that's kind of why I'd, I'd like to take another shot at one because the one I build come out okay, but it, it's kind of not my best work, you know, uh, which that's really a lot of us stuff is, you know, I look at my own builds and I go anything beyond 10 years ago, I, I, I kind of, I, I scoff at, I, I'm like, man, I could, I'd love to take any one that's, beyond 10 years ago and redo it because I don't think 10 years or oh, probably a little bit more than that. Even, uh, I don't know about the time, like me, Scott and Frill started hanging out, you know, I started, that's when I was getting away from using enamel paints anymore. And, uh, taking my time to sit here in my hobby room and paint, you know, I, I finally had a, a decent hobby room, my own space really to, to work at, and, you know, whereas initially, you know, before I used to run outside to the garage to paint. So that made me rush job because either it was too hot or too cold out there. Um, you know, so my, the work reflects that they're, they're rushed and just, they just don't look good. And, uh, you, you know, so once I started being able to just sit here at my bench and paint and take my time, you know, the, the work, you know, naturally improved. 
Um, so yeah, about anything from 10 years ago plus or all kits I look at out there on my shelves and I go, ah, man, I'd like to make, take another shot at that one. You know, even something simple, you know, a simple paint job like the, I have a group of Thunderbirds sitting up there. So I have a Thunderbird F4 sitting there that I look at it and I go, all right, I painted that thing with, uh, I think probably Model Master Classic White, which was probably about my favorite white to shoot at that time, which I wouldn't even touch now. And, uh, you know, these days I would shoot it with some, some white primer and probably hit it with a light coat of Tamiya acrylic over it to, 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 to make it work. But, you know, I look at that and I go, eh, you know, it's starting to yellow a little bit even. And, you know, some of the areas where I went to do panel line wash on it, I think I probably used that floor, floury stuff, you know, so which was not very good, but it's, you know, enamel paint so i couldn't use a an oil wash on it you know so for god's sake yeah so i look at that and i go all right man i, I need to do another one of those because it you know I, I like my thunderbird collection but that one just sticks out like a turd in a punch bowl really it's just not good so <laughs> yeah. so that's me pretty much that's uh that's where i sit on that topic yeah well I, you know i had mentioned the uh pby was um what got me kind of thinking about this and, and I've got a bunch of the Academy PBYs that I'll, I'll end up building and that'll, that'll satisfy that desire to have a, a PBY on the shelf. But I think earlier in the show, we, we had mentioned uh, the PB4Y. Um, of course, the, the old matchbox kit of the PB4Y2 privateer, you know, the big single tall tail. Um, I'd love to see that kit released um, or not that kit. I'd love to see that subject released in a modern kit. Um, it's probably the, uh, one of the worst kits out there because in order to build it and build it so that it's even reasonably accurate, you got to completely, uh, redo all the engines, redo all the turrets. And, uh, by the time you've done that, you've just about scratch built the model. So that, that's one, you know, when you mentioned, uh, getting a modern mold of something that's something I'd like to see is the the privateer in 72nd scale. I'm, I'm with um, you on that one. That's a, a favorite subject of mine. And yeah. And then the, the only other thing I, I built um, the Ravel, I think it was Ravel. It was either Ravel or monogram. I think it was Ravel F one eleven B in 72nd back in the early seventies. And it was uh, the kit came as a, uh, you could build it either either as an F-111A or an F-111B. And, of course, I built mine as the the uh, Navy's B version. And I, I'd love to um, do that plane justice. And, unfortunately, talking with uh, Jim Rotramel, probably the only way I'd be able to do it would be to kit bash a couple of Hasegawa uh, F-111s. And, and then it would still require a little bit of uh, scratch building in order to get one, get the nose right, and uh, two, get some other things right. So I'd probably have to also bring in that uh, uh, Ravel kit, which means I, I'm never going to build that kit or build that subject probably, but I'd love to because it's. I just thought it was a, a, a just a, a damn interesting-looking airplane as a kid with these big-ass wings and, uh, you know, as a carrier airplane because the carrier airplanes I'd had, um, before I got that one was the, uh, you know, it was all the stuff from either World War II or I, I had a Phantom and here's this F-111 that just made a Phantom look small. And, uh, and of course, you know, my 
brain was like, you know, how how much harder would it have been to fly one of those things onto a carrier? And this is as a preteen, you know, I'm trying to figure this out. So it's, uh, um, I'd love to have one of those on my shelf. And um, like I said, unless I'm, my skills get to the point where I'm ready to take uh, two or three kits and bring them together, it'll probably never happen. You know, Tim, spe- speaking about like how big, you know, like a, a, an F-111 is, I do we all remember the first time we like walked up to a Tomcat? I, I was, oh, I, yeah. I, I could not believe how big a Tomcat was. I was like, wow, you know, it was yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. An F-111, same thing. Huge, yep. just just giant. I, yeah. I walked up to the only one I ever walked up to was was while I was in Australia for work, and that's when Dave Goldfinch those guys took me out to the Harz Museum, and they had one sitting there. We had, got to walk up uh, and look inside the cockpit and stuff, and and it is big. The F fourteen's big, but how many of y'all walked up to an A three? Oh yeah, same here. Yeah, holy bejeebas. Yeah, that, that damn thing's <laughs> as big as an E two. I mean, if not a little bit bigger. Yeah, it's it's a little had to bigger. Pull the tail down to get that shit into the hangar. Oh my god, yeah. that plane was huge. Yeah. Oh yeah, I remember the first time an A three landed on the Enterprise. Hop, skip, and a jump. And uh, yeah, and that that sucker landed, and I'm like, oh my god, I thought the flight deck was collapsing. It's just, oh my god, what was that noise? Yeah, that was uh, VQ or VAQ. It was one, right? VQ one. I can't remember. It was CAG eleven. I can't remember now, but it was. Yeah. Um I'd have to look in my my cruise book. Yeah, I'll never forget them saying uh well <laughs> well in the in the 90 all hands clear the foul line. Yeah. All hands clear the foul line. Yeah. They they wanted you behind the island if you could get back there. They didn't want you yeah. anywhere close anywhere yeah, to the they didn't six want pack, you in front of the island along the nowhere. <laughs> yeah. Get away. Well, they say it's what A3 stood for. All three. Oh, all three yeah. dead. Yeah. Yep. All three dead. Um, I was watching uh, YouTube the other night and they had uh, carrier calls on board uh, Forstall, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And I think, uh, I think I know which one. Yeah. They, it was funny. The little JBD would come up out of the deck and they'd turn 90 degrees so they could take off, you know. And then. Yeah. The A3, I don't even think it was A3. I think it was his predecessor, but it, they had a lot of uh, Pax Riverbirds on, on board the airplane. That the A4 was still in orange and white. They were launching it off and catching it. Uh, yeah, they couldn't even use the JBD. <laughs> yeah. Those big wing motors sitting out yeah. on the wings, you know, there was nothing to just clear. Clear all behind the... Yeah. Oh, my God. But uh, Yeah, that would be massive. Yeah, it was crazy. Uh Real quick, I, I've got a question for you, but before I move on to that, uh, for everybody actually, but before I move on to it, I want to say, I do have axles. As a matter of fact, I opened up the kit and it's got all brass landing gear for that uh, SU-34. What? I've got nice. the brass landing gear. I've got the brass exhaust. Wait, like, as in it comes in the kit? Uh, I, I guess Kitty Hawk sent it to me separate or in the kit, but extra. Uh, it's got resin exhaust if I want to use it. What? It's got wheels, Nuh-uh. weight, weighted wheels, and it's got uh, metallic details, resin ejection seats. Uh, all that was in, in the box, too. So uh, to answer the question, yes, it does have axles. <laughs> you should you should build it. Now, now, I think it needs to go to the front of my, my list now. Well, there you go. I got more stuff here than I got eggplant paint, too. 
so is this a group build? Eggplant. The, the group build is choose. Yeah. Choose a why do you get his head? Hell no. But it's I got be, the MRP color. It should be a group build where we have to pick one of our like uh, we want a, a redo a redo kit or a redo build where you pick a kit that you wish that you could build again or whatever. I love that idea. Yeah. yeah. Do that. When when do you want to do it? Twenty twenty five? I think we should do it. I think we should set a set a date. Let's think about it. We'll set a date. See if we can get a group build. Like all the geeks, everybody. Let's do a do a redo, a do over build where you pick a kit that you that you want. It's that one kit that you're like, man, I wish I could redo this one. And then boom, have a due date. And then it, Frill, bring you're, all the you're wrong. It's Mr. Hobby. It's Mr. Hobby paint and it's a uh, Russian aircraft blue. Is that dark eggplant color that's on the uh the top. So cool. Um I'd be willing so, to bet SMS and MRP do that as well. Oh, I'm I'm sure they do. I'm sure yeah. they do. Um and, and I got the landing gear color too, which is the MRP uh was that FS34092 I think it is for the uh, green for the wheels and the landing gear. 34092? Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a familiar number. What 340092. Uh yeah. it's uh hey, Mr. 302. You realize we can hear you, right? Yep. Uh, yeah. Whole time I was humming. Yeah. <laughs> right there, buddy. There it is. Right yep. there. Dark gray. Right there. There. there you go. Eggplant. I think there I do is. have that. No, you well, there don't. you go. There you go. I'm not going to go look. But Apology accepted. Well, I'm not going to apologize to you. I was talking about Mr. Hobby. You're waiting for a, you're waiting for an apology. Stand in the line, shipmate. Uh, <laughs> there's not anyway. So I I, I I do have a question. Uh, we we talk about ones that we wanted to uh, not just do a redo, but right uh, for like remold or what have you or something. What is it you'd like to see put out? Okay, and I'm surprised that I haven't. I didn't hear frill. Or why did he say anything about a remold or anything about a P3? They didn't because there is one coming that, out. That, was, that wasn't the question. The it's, question uh, no, was no, no. the question was what. That's what. That's why they didn't mention it because yeah. the question was what. What build did you? What aircraft? What model did you already do yeah. build that yeah. you're gonna that you'd like to build again? Because right. you yeah. can right. do, a do a better again, job. Yeah. yeah. RTFQ. Yeah. Shippy. I didn't do that. <laughs> And also, no, I, I think it's Academy is releasing a new seventy four P three. I've heard that. Yeah, it's a rumor. Yeah, we haven't uh, we haven't seen you know like CAD drawings yet. It's a rumor. I actually, I take it back. There's CAD drawings, but there's no link as which company it's actually going to be for. So I, supposedly, the designer has released the fact that he's doing the design, but he isn't saying who it's for. the The rumor says. Academy's probably the company that'll that'll do it. But since but since you asked, Darren, yeah, the question is, what would you like to see? Yeah. I mean, I already said the F eighteen, right? Well, I, I, yeah, I'll yeah, yeah. Tamiya, that, Legacy, and then I'll but, say I would like to see Tamiya do a Griffin um, thirty second scale Spitfire. Yeah, man, that would be cool. That's what I would. I was hoping they were going to do it. They did everything kind of, but but I would like to see yeah. thirty second scale Tamiya. Yeah. Oh, 30 seconds scale. 30 you seconds scale. One. I want the big one, yes. Because they already do a 48 scale. Yeah. They do a couple of them. 
And yes, that's what I would like. That would be cool. Yep. That would be cool. Why do you look like you're just chomping away down there? Oh, he's just thinking there's smoke coming out of his ears from underneath his headphones. Uh, what, what was the question? Oh, Jesus. I thought that was smoke. It's just blurry. It's a blurry camera. It's getting late on a Monday. What, so yeah, we'll so, that's right. That's that, right. What is What would you like to see released that's not out there? I mean, if there was something that it, and somebody could just say, you know what, why that's a damn good idea and I'm gonna produce it tomorrow. Uh forty eight scale be? privateer. I think that yeah. would be a good good seller. Oh, good choice. Nice. Yeah. And, that would be a good choice in, in uh as an injected molded kit. Yeah. And then as my my you know, my my course my fantasy is a forty eight scale P three, right? You know, injection yeah. molded. I don't want to mess around with some of these three D printed ones that are out there. I'm not wanna spend the rest of my life sanding. I wanna <laughs> open up the be a lot of sanding. build it. You know, <laughs> yeah, so. that's that's going back to that assembler versus model. Those are my uh, picks. Argument. Now and then, we can have that you know, later on. So those are pretty big. You know, those are four engine heavies. The two of those. You know, I think uh, I think one that's reasonable is a a, a nice forty eight scale F eleven F Tiger. Yes, yes, yes. With Blue Angel decals, Jeff. Sure, yeah. <laughs> I'll put that there for Mark. Those in right, there. Jeff. Martin. Yeah, I mean that would be cool. So they, they yeah, the, that that'd be among my picks. Um, if I had to toss a prop job in there, I mean, what hasn't been done? You know what I mean? I mean, oh yeah, yeah. Um, I'll tell you what, so, something that's kind of interesting. You know, this one's going to be a little off the walls. Uh, how about an AT eleven can sand? I don't even know what the hell that is. See, yeah, what what is that? It's it like was a, a twin engine Cessna. Is what it was. Yeah, twin engine Cessna. Beechcraft. Um, used during the war for Beechcraft, he says, or Beechcraft. Is that what it was? Yeah, Beechcraft. I, I thought it was Cessna. I, yeah, <laughs> I was thinking. I was thinking it was a Cessna, but anyway, twin engine. Um, and yeah, I I've got a seventy second one that I, that stalled on my shelf of doom, but it uh, yeah, it's. I it, it mean, they used them for what uh, bomber training for bombardiers. Yeah, so it had a bombardier's nose. And um, they would also use it for navigation training, I think, for navigators. Yeah. Yep. I don't know why I thought it was a Cessna. Hey, Lone Star Models was supposed to be doing a, a conversion for the Ravel. The Ravel, um, who uh, Ravel reboxed it. I'm trying to remember who originally came out with the 48 scale Beechcraft um, C45. God damn, can't remember who the original. I don't even know Beechcraft. So what would it, what would it be? An eighteen? Yeah, like a Beach eighteen. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know no, I can it's see it. Twin tails. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know. I know it's twin engine. Yeah, the Kansan. So it's a it's a B, it's a militarized Beach eighteen. Yep, and they even have a little Bombay on them. It was like, oh, did they really? Yeah. Now nah, that would be drop, cool. Drop the little blue bo- uh, blue bombs from the, the blue bombs. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it, it, there was one of them, uh, at an air show recently, though, not recently, a couple of years ago, we went down to Atlanta for a show and, um, guys had one there that was restored and it had, you know, a, a, a small little tail turret in the floor and then the, the, the weapons bay, it was can't even really call it a weapons yeah. bay. It was literally doors on the floor that opened up and there was a rack of 
you know, and this is how they trained bomber cruisers with those things. And of course, the nose was modified to stuff a a, a bombardier up there. Um, yeah, you know, yeah, and, and an ordnance you know, bomb site in, in a site. Sure. Yeah. Yep. So I don't know. Yeah, I think the seventy second scale kit that uh, I have is the old uh, PM model, which I don't yeah. remember who made where that was, but it was. I mean, it was beyond crude or is beyond crude. Um, it's just, it's basically slab sided fuselage. And I mean, it's one of those, you hold it at arm's length and you go, yeah, it's a, it's kind of a, whatever the, whatever the designation was for it. Mm. You wouldn't, you wouldn't confuse it for say a B-25. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Frill, what about you? You know, Hasegawa is famous for this. They'll come out with the variant and then that's it. And they won't continue on with the family. But a no shit F8C and an RF8 in 48 yeah, scale. There you go. Because there's some cool markings out there. I mean, you can't even do the VF 103 with the uh, flames down the side of the intake and stuff because they flew F8Cs and there's no. The only way you're going to get an FAC is you get that Murdoch models conversion if you can find one. Or I think the monogram isn't a monogram kit a, uh, a C. No, no, it's no, it's not. It's a it's an E. e. That's right. Yeah. Yep. yep. And uh, so yeah, cutting edge did a conversion as well. That's uh, hard to yep. find, and if you can, it's probably going to be pricey. <clears throat> yeah. Well, I just uh, I, I just want to kind of follow up that of course I didn't read the effing instructions uh, as Frill pointed out so. Uh, You're welcome. I, I just thought that it would uh, be a good question. Anyway, I'm done. Uh, yeah, it was a good question. Well, it, it's a good question. Yeah, it's a good question. It, and and I was, I was asked that question once before um, somewhere, and um, and of course, in 70 second scale, just about every aircraft has been modeled. Now they may be crappy, you know, like the uh, F9C Sparrowhawk um, has been. I mean, that's been released in, um, if I think it's only been released in one format and that's resin and it's basically three resin chunks of something that, uh, vaguely look when you put it together, vaguely looks like the basic shape of an F9C Sparrowhawk, but nobody's ever done a, uh, and, and I think the other one, actually there was also a vac form done of it. There on 32 scale, there's a plastic one. Oh yeah, I'm talking about seventy two. Uh, yeah, um, plastic one as well. It's uh, Pegasus models does one. I, I, I built well, one. Okay, so, but again, yeah. yeah, it might as well be yeah. a couple of chunks of yeah, yeah. So somebody waved some heat across some plastic, yeah. and uh, and then called and called the resulting uh, blob, uh, you know, a sparrowhawk. Because yeah, it is a small airplane, but yeah, that's something that is is not doesn't exist in seventy two really as a nice airplane. It'd be nice to see, um, but it, there's a whole lot of twenties um, and thirties uh, aircraft that I'd love to see um, injection molded, but probably never will. And uh, yeah. and and I was admonished. I, I remember now I was admonished because I didn't say the privateer in uh, seventy two, but. It, it's technically already been done, and one could offer that if you're not too much of a stickler for uh, accuracy, it, it it definitely looks like a privateer when you finish it. Well, here we go. 
Okay, thanks to all the geeks and to our sponsors. Furball Decals, Lionheart Hobbies, Detail and Scale, Tamiya USA, and Sprue Brothers. If you enjoy listening to the Model Geeks, check out modelpodcast.com for links to our friends out there covering other scale modeling contents from sci-fi, armor, uh, ships, you name it. Uh, It's out there. Box dioramas. Um, Go to www.modelpodcast.com. Well, there's another episode in the books, episode 72. Uh, I hope everybody out there enjoyed uh, listening to our banter and some of the interesting things we uh, come up with um, and uh, just generally discussing the hobby. Lack of Uh, instruction reading. Lack of instruction (laughs) reading. Yeah, whatever works. Uh, And uh, I want to thank you all for... uh, making us a part of your bench time because I know it's valuable. I have a hard enough time getting to my bench. Uh, I hope you join us for our next podcast, but for now, be excellent to each other. Uh, Get to your bench and build something. Out from the geeks, take care, everyone. See ya. Later. See ya. Good night. Take it easy. Recovery complete.